Warning, this show contains mature content and spoilers. Listener discretion is advised. Hey, this is Gillian C., and you're listening to the RPG Show. Listen up. See you in Kobe. Ah, greetings. Care for a story? One of heroes and villains? Of swords and sorcery? Of romance and treachery? We'll pull up a chair and have a listen. And welcome back to another episode of the RPG Show. Uh, today we'll be talking about Dragon's Dogma, and I'm joined by uh, the usual uh, awesome guy Kevin, and then fucking Blaine. <laughs> what the fuck, man! <laughs> All right, hey. So how are you guys doing? Hey, surprise! Uh, we're doing Dragon's Dogma. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was uh, just kind of I don't know well, the, the word Providence or whatever. The way it, what happened is, uh, I was I played it for uh, to get the plat, so I just did my second playthrough, and then I think I was talking about it on Discord or something like that, or maybe I, mm-hmm. I think I might mention it on the last podcast. It could have been, I don't know, something like that. And then Blaine's like, "Oh, I'll, I'll take a look into it because he has the original." So then, yeah, you, I've, you, I've had it for a while too, like ten years, and I just never played it. So hearing you talk about, it, I was like, "Yeah, that sounds a lot cooler than what I thought it was." I I didn't know what I thought it was exactly, just like generic RPG, you know, and I didn't even know it was like a Capcom game, to be honest, uh, never gave it much attention, and yeah, I just popped it in, expecting to play for like, you know, 20, 30 minutes to get an idea of what it was, and that's why I made like a joke-ass character, <laughs> and I ended up kind of liking it, and then I was stuck with like this horrible character, who I named a really like terrible name, <laughs> and yeah, uh, I, I named her like the C word, you know, like, but anyway, uh, yeah, I named her Sour Cunt specifically. Oh, sweet. Uh, yeah, because I made her the, I used the biggest, like, sprite you could, the fattest, and then, like, made her face all, like, ogre-like and with a bunch of scars and, like, gave her the worst, like, you know, haircut possible and every, I mean, just terrible. And then I ended up liking the game, so I was stuck with this chick. Are you going to post uh, that on the Discord, by the way? What's that? You're going to need to post that on the Discord. Oh, a picture? Yeah, I'll have to, like, load it back up. But, yeah, she's not attractive. I I, I tried to mitigate it a little bit later with, like, the barber when you can change your appearance. But there was you can't change your weight. So (laughs) she, she looked pretty rough. But uh, it it came in play later on. I guess we can get to that during, like, story or whatever. But, like, the, this had uh, a moment in the game that made me laugh harder than I've laughed in a long time. Uh, and it was completely uh, on accident because my character was, like, so big. And anyway, it, it's mildly racist, so I, I hate to even tell the story, but we'll get to it. Uh, 
Well, if there's one thing that the RPG show is known for, it's definitely skirting the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> like, like the, I guess, I guess I can just tell it here. I don't know. You might as well fuck it. Yeah, because like, there's this one, there's this one guy in the game, Marcus. You guys are both familiar, I'm sure. Who's like this uh, black guy? That's kind of—I I don't know exactly how he fits in the story, precisely. Like he wants you to kill one dude at some point. Like there's no reason not to, so you kill the dude, and then like I guess you get an escort quest with him later or something. But he's just like this black guy. But there's this cutscene when you first go into Grand Soren, <laughs> where like Marcus like is looking around the corner at you, like kind of hungrily. And, like, your character's in the forefront. Like, I could just barely see his head peek around my incredibly fat sprite, like, with that look on his face. And it reminded me of the meme of, like, the black guy hiding behind the tree looking all hungry. That I don't know if you know the one I'm talking about. It gets used a lot. But, uh, like, looking thirsty, I should say, is a better word for it. Licking his lips and stuff. And it just, that came to mind that he was, like, thirsty for my sour cunt, you know? And then, like, the whole... Uh, incredibly racist caricature of black guys liking uh, white women of that sort. Mm. So <laughs> it just like had me rolling because I wasn't expecting some black guy to be looking at her that way. But here we have it. Well, that part in the game was weird because it's like it makes it makes it think like he's going to play a big role in the game and he really doesn't. It's like yeah, virtually nothing. Yeah, it's like okay, he shows up. Well, like he works with like the the cult or whatever, right? Yeah, well, he's, he's trying to like get rid of the cult or something. I don't know, like, he seems like a bad dude because he, when you meet up with the cult and, like, the leader runs off, he catches, like, a, like the underling and he's like, hey, you need to, uh, I'll leave you to take care of this or whatever, and he leaves you to kill him or not, and you can choose not to, but if you choose uh, not to, he kills him anyway, and if you choose to, then you get another quest with Marcus later that's just like a like a, a whatchamacallit quest uh, where he comes with you and you just bring him to a destination or whatever. And, you know, you, otherwise you, you don't get that quest, so you might as well kill the dude. And, like, you can use a wake stone to bring the guy back to life. But if you're the one that killed him, he'll, like, freak out and run away. Um, but if you let Marcus kill him, then he'll talk to you but won't offer any additional quests or anything. So it's kind of pointless. I don't know. There's a lot of pointless. Well, there's a so like, there's a lot of like unique um, design choices they've made in this game, like uh, cor- corresponding to the questing, uh, and a lot of NPCs because there's lots of quests you can unlock from dead character who people are like canonically or whatever supposed to be dead, but if you wake stone them, like they have quests later and like they'll give you shit later. Like uh, there's that one knight guy you duel or you can duel, I guess, with the that girl knight hmm. uh, somewhere, and the, the you have to like. Normally, you have to let her, like, kill the guy or whatever the fuck to make her happy or something. But, like, you can kill him and then, like, wake stone him, wake stone him real quick and he'll get revived and he gets just gets put in jail and I think you get his weapon and shit. Yeah, you get his, you get his nice-looking shield, but uh, I didn't... That's one of the, like, to get the platinum, you have to do all the quests. So I, I had to, like, look that one up. And by that time, it was my second playthrough and my shield's already better. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, the uh, only, I guess we should only probably, person uh, wake stone. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I was, I was just gonna, the only person I managed to wake stone was like the blacksmith's son, and they seemed grateful enough. But I was expecting some kind of reward, and really there was nothing. So I was like, okay, I just saved your son. Uh, I great. think this opens more quests up, is what it does if you do that. 
Ah, okay. It also but, felt like the ones that the game obviously like to, like points you towards don't give you like uh like the special rewards because like that one like it's like pretty obvious like you walk in like I feel like that was them teaching you the mechanic like oh you can revive random NPCs and shit but like yeah. you have to actually be like oh fuck like I can literally revive any NPC and most of the time you're like why would I that's yeah. like those things are valuable yeah, you, you, uh, you don't get them that often they're hard to get. Yeah. yeah, I think those are the things you, you can get when you fight the Ur Dragon. Yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, they definitely like fall out of them, but you need like eighty of them to like beat the game, anyway. So you you need all those. Yeah, I guess mm. maybe it's like for like new game twenty five or some bullshit. For like <laughs> you you've can got, yeah. like, a million you can things around a new game twenty five. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I guess we should get into like a uh, show breakdown and then go through gameplay, and we can get into that some of that stuff. I guess. Yeah, of course. If you, I mean, if you want to direct this, why don't you just fucking host the show, Kevin? Shit. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, we were going off on tangents. Like, like oh. you dragged me, you dragged me into this shit, and then you're gonna like fucking try to be the boss man. I see how it well, is. I'm just trying to pl- uh, get some Brent into this, so. I guess somebody's gonna do it. I definitely won't be able to ever do that shit. I was telling Nicole, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing hosting this shit because, like, I don't have the like that force of dominance, like will or whatever that Brent had to be like, y'all need to shut the fuck up. We're doing the show now, because I'm just like, ah, oh, whatever. I'll go with the flow. Let's keep talking about random bullshit. Sure. Well, that's me too. They end up being but, three uh, hours long, and all the like well, the average. <laughs> if you look at the average Brent podcast, they're like two and a, well, an hour and a half to two hours. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. So, uh, for those of you new here, the way that we normally do the show is uh, we talk about I think six 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 things or so. It's like uh, gameplay, uh, story. Uh, Visuals, music, voice acting, um, replayability, and extra content, overall experience. Yep. I think that's all of them. Yep. Um, we usually give them a score between one through five, and we do allow half scores because I bucked the system and said, fuck it. Um, and Travis asked me about, like, why can he give a 0. 0.5 in the Discord? And that's because it's not, like, because then you have a odd scale. It's not 10 points anymore. It's 11, and that's fucking... Weird. You might as well just do 5.5 as well at that point. Like, anyway. Uh, did, did he, so, I don't remember him asking that, but that's funny he did. Like, what the fuck? Like, all right. I mean, if you want to give it a zero, give it a zero then. Shit. Um, I mean, I obviously not, I'm not going to hold people to the standards that I don't hold myself to. Fuck it. Uh, so, I guess we'll start with gameplay. Um, which is, I would say, uh, well, I guess... Uh, Blaine already mentioned it, but Capcom made Dragon's Dogma and uh, originally released on the PS3 and the 360. Um, and then they added uh, some extra content called Dark Arisen Later, which was optional for those versions, but uh, became integrated into the PS4 and uh, Xbox One versions. So that became part of the game. Uh, we probably won't talk about that much here because I don't think uh, you, either of you guys did any of the Dark Arisen content. Is that correct? Uh, I did it originally like for... Like I did probably try, did it a couple times. I'm like, uh, this is boring. Like, I don't know. It was just like a lot of hard boss like fights, and at that you know it's like end game. So at that point, I was like done with the game. So yeah. And then my second playthrough, I was like, eh, I just want the plat, and I'm done. <laughs> it has nothing. You know, that has nothing to do with trophies. You just get some really like powerful equipment and stuff. Well, it has to do with trophies on the PS4 and I guess achievements on the Xbox One. So oh. if you ever replay it, you'll have to do it eventually. Um, but essentially what it is it's like a whole another like 20 hour 30 hour dungeon 
essentially <laughs> you get um uh more rare equipment like you kill monsters and it drops like rusted gear or some bullshit like it's like cursed gear or something and it's all it's a bunch of like uh padding content bullshit where you you find an item you take it to this we take it back to the beginning of the dungeon and somebody has to identify it but you have to use a currency that you accumulate from fighting monsters to to identify the item and then usually it's garbage and you just keep doing that until you like get the best shit or whatever the fuck and then at the end you fight death which is i guess one of the coolest boss fights in the game uh but like there's no story really like there's plot like there's like tertiary story shit but it's all like that kind of stuff that's like oh this is interesting or not or not interesting bullshit about why this stuff's here okay because like uh as we as you also find out the meat and bones or meat and potatoes of the whatever of this game is the gameplay like everything else is kind of like an afterthought mm-hmm. uh so i guess let's do we'll dive right into the gameplay uh does anybody want to have any specific things they want to talk about first about it like the highlights that they had for it uh, I mean, I can talk about it. I guess it's gosh, how does it play? It kind of to me, it played like a like a lot of the online games that you would play, like a WoW or a Final Fantasy Eleven or something like that, where you have a main character that runs around a big open world that is able to do you know whatever it is you can do. You choose different uh, vocations that you can master from uh like the basic ones i think there's like a sorcerer and a healer and a archer i think they call it strider and a warrior and i'm missing one i think but whatever and then those as as you level those up you're able to unlock some uh other uh classes that can unlock some other abilities and stuff for you but uh, yeah you just run around with uh, your little companions which are called pawns which i guess are like another um uh, type of human. I don't know. They come from some other realm, but they effectively act as slaves to uh, the main character, and they just will follow you to the. What's that? I guess they don't have any souls or something, and they're like they're like they're tied to the arisen or some bullshit. I guess, and none of them level except for your personal slave. Um, so it's like it's actually kind of annoying it was one of the things i hated the most about the game was every few hours i would have to take the characters that i've kind of grown affinity for whether or not like because like they say shit as you're running around and you kind of get used to the the tactics and the things that they do but eventually they're going to become like so much weaker than you you have to kind of trade them out and you can spend some points to like upgrade uh, like what you're getting i guess like in in the sense that you can uh, punch above your weight spend some of these whatever they're called points that you accumulate to get something well above your level but again eventually you're just gonna have to trade them back out for like something even higher and you guys have told me that if you have friends that have played you can use their pawn uh, which i was unable to do because i didn't have the dark risen expansion or whatever and it won't let you just download that. Apparently, you have to buy like that game completely separate or something. So, yeah. So I wasn't able to use you guys' pawns, so I was just using like randos. Um, and you, you really have to be like uh, like spend a good amount of time every time you just grab somebody because sometimes you'll be like, oh, you know, I need to replace my healer and you'll grab a healer of the appropriate level, but you didn't look at them, and they, that particular pawn doesn't even have heal equipped, which is something that happened to me, and I was like, oh, this is total bullshit. Uh, <laughs> who would do that? 
so yeah, I sent them back with like rotten fish or whatever, and was like, "Your pond sucks." Not that they're ever going to log in and see that, but I, I don't think you can actually say their pond sucks. I think you can say like uh, the pond needs work or something is like the worst thing you can say. I wish you could just put in like custom stuff in there, but uh, of course. aren't there like uh, like three categories that you can give like up to five like stars? Yeah, or whatever, and then you can like leave some generic comment. Right, exactly. So you can give them like one star and then be like, hey, your pond needs work. And they'll like apologize, or whatever. Oh, I'll, I'll work and I'll be better the next time. Like, there's not going to be a next time. But it's, uh, yeah, it's kind of annoying. And then the ponds themselves are incredibly annoying because they talk constantly. I, I don't know if there's a way to turn it off, but um, they're constantly saying shit and uh, they're really annoying because they'll tell you just like sometimes it's relevant. Uh, they'll they'll say something that like will help with a quest or whatever like that. But a lot of times they'll say the same shit. You'll be run through the same area that you went through ten times, and they'll be like, "Oh, you know, there's some wolves in this area. We have to be on guard." And you're like, ah, "I don't care about wolves at this point, but thanks," or whatever. And then they also will constantly pick shit up that you don't want, and uh, they always make it seem like they just found fucking gold. They'll be like, "Oh, this looks great or interesting or whatever," and it'll be a fucking rock. Uh, so there's that. To be fair, uh, so for a, little, for a little more in depth on the pawn system, um, you can give your pawn a personality, and the personality oh, yeah? uh, changes depending on how you play as a player. But you can also buy potions from the Riftstone shop thing that will uh, like give you a huge chunk of your desired personality trait. Uh, okay. Like on and uh, like so, every time you you as a player pick shit up, your pawn learns, quote unquote, like, oh, I need to go pick shit up. So that's why all the pawns pick sh random shit up all the time. It's because their personality trait for that is high. Uh, and they only really act on, like, their, I think their first three uh, highest rated personality traits. And some personality traits for pawns are, like, god awful. Like, if you have, like, one for, like, fighting in close combat for mage, your mage the mage is always going to be, like, standing next to the enemy and getting their ass kicked. And, like, obviously that's bad. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, but they do that when like you as a main character, uh, like like say you're playing warrior or whatever, or up up in the shit fighting, then your pawns be like, oh, that's what I need to do too. So it's kind of a dumb system in that like the game like learns what um, you're doing, what you're doing, but you have like you have to like also do stupid shit to like counteract that that you would not logically ever do as a, a player. Like I think there's something like you have to throw like your pawn or something. And that like lowers its uh, personality trait for a certain thing, or like just never pick up items if you don't want that trait to be on your pawn and stuff. So it's kind of like a one of those like hidden complex system bullshits that make that can like that will actively like either hinder your gameplay enjoyment. Uh, either way, from like having shitty pawns or from like having to play a, a way you don't actually want to be playing in the first place, just to avoid having a shitty pawn. But then I think that's why later they added the stupid potions that you can buy to adjust your personality traits. Gotcha. But yeah, it, it's annoying is the bottom line. I didn't really care for that system much. Um, I mean, it, it's fine, but the other thing, I would have preferred. You probably didn't uh, find out because you only use someone else's or Your pawn was never used by someone else, but your pawn can be used by other people. And if they like go through the game farther than you or go through end game stuff, your pawn will learn like what to do. So mm. it'll, if you're stuck somewhere, it'll give you a hint. Like they'll say, "Hey, we gotta go this way," or "You gotta talk to this person," or it's some kind of like minute. Like it's not like a huge hint, but it's like something you didn't have before. 
and I think there's like three points to each quest they can learn. So <clears throat> it can help you. Uh, and then your pawns will get like gifts and stuff and uh, from other players. So sometimes they can send you some really nice stuff if it's like a really high level person that's like, you know, nice. So. Sure. Probably happened a lot more often, like in 2013. But like these days, who's actually playing, you know? Yeah. So, my, like my pawn would constantly, every time I go to the end, it'd be like, hey, I left and helped someone else out. But I felt like it was just AI, you know, it wasn't actually someone playing my pawn. And it'd come back with like, you know, rocks and meat and shit. And I'd be like, oh, thanks, you know. But, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a pretty fun system. And like you unlock new abilities and um, such for your character that uh, enabled you to progress. You know, I mainly played as uh, the mage types with my main character and my pawn was, uh, I got through all the way through Strider and uh, whatever the next Strider-like thing was, what upgrade was, and then put it on Warrior to try and put it through that. And I got about halfway through that and I think I just started on Magic Knight or whatever it's called for my main character. Um, but one of the problems is, is like, as you learn skills, like you'll remember them if you go back to that or if they correspond to multiple, um, <clears throat> locations, like if you know how to cast lightning or I think they call it whatever late levity or whatever, I don't remember, then, uh, you'll le learn it uh, across all the sorcerer types and be able to cast it across all those types. But if you want to be a warrior, that warrior won't know how to cast lightning, which has always been something that's kind of stupid to me in games like this. I understand it from a gameplay perspective, but if I were to, you know, stop being doing the job I'm doing, I certainly wouldn't forget how to do it just because I'm, you know, doing something else, but you know, whatever. Um, uh, but it's I took it as like it's one of those things where like you can't cast magic without a fucking staff or whatever, and you're using a big ass hammer instead. Sure, like, and they do they do do that too. Like if you're the magic knight, like you'll if you've got your sword and, or your mace and shield equipped, you can do like moves, special moves or whatever. But if you equip a staff, you can cast like low level spells. So pretty cool, I guess. Um, but uh, there's other abilities like uh, that you just won't be able to use across, you know, the board. And eh, I don't know. Like I said, it's just kind of weird to me. But uh, overall, it's pretty fun. You know, you just get more and more powerful. Like I said, as a mage, I got to where I was just casting like tornadoes constantly. And it takes up the whole screen. The visuals are really good on that and stuff. And it does a lot of damage. And you just run around doing quests. A lot of them are like fetch quests and things of this nature. You know, a lot of the things you find on the bulletin boards throughout the game, which is where you predominantly get quests, are either from like a single guy or these bulletin boards. And sometimes there'll be characters within towns or whatever that'll give you a quest here and there. But uh, a little largely just like go here, do the thing, bring this back. Or there's like really stupid ones like collect 25 rabbit pelts and, you know, all the standard shit that you'll find in online games that were really popular at this point or were just coming off their popularity. I really felt like Capcom was trying to make like their version of uh, WoW, you know? So, well, I don't they probably were using this as like a testing bed because they did end up making Dragon's Dogma online in Japan. Ah, uh, I see. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, it was really fun, but uh, we never got that here, so fuck you, Capcom. Yeah, kind of like uh, what was it, Dragon Warrior 10 or whatever? We never got oh, 10 or 11, I can't remember. 
10, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. They released 11. Yeah, it's 10. Yeah. And the online one that, like, everyone keeps begging them to bring over here because it's, like, massively huge in Japan. And then they just won't for whatever reason. But, uh, yeah, it was, uh, gameplay is, is really, like, well done. It's a lot of fun to, like, play in the sandbox, so to speak, you know, run around cone stuff. And, like, you get these really epic battles where you'll fight things like, you know, chimeras and griffins and, you know, just all these mythical beasts. And they're, like, larger than life. They're fucking huge. And the boss battles feel really good because, uh, you know they are so big and epic and they take a while to do and you'll learn tactics throughout the game to like take these things out easier you know and stuff early on like everything is fucking weak to fire so just stick with fire um like literally everything it's kind of hilarious uh but later on like you'll learn that you know this type of creature will freeze up if you hit it with lightning or rock creatures don't like it if you use things that explode you know stuff like that and uh, your characters will learn that either through finding scrolls or just through fighting the enemies or whatever, and they'll start employing those type of tactics, so they have kind of like a learning system. And, uh, yeah, every seven or so days, uh, I think gameplay-wise, everything resets as far as uh, those type of ca- characters, and they'll all reappear, which is something I only learned because uh, another portion in the gameplay, you can, uh, like, just beat the shit out of any uh, character, which is something I love in games like this. Uh, any NPC, if they piss you off for any reason, you can just either like hit them with your weapon, or you can pick them up and throw them in a river or something, which I did quite a bit. Um, but then, like, unfortunately, they they don't like you after that. Uh, <laughs> like at one point, I had this guy that I was supposed to be finishing a a quest with in the beginning uh, little beach area. Uh, what Carderas or whatever it's called, and yeah, he he would just like see me and take the fuck off and like run right into the ocean, uh, killing himself again. So I had to stay at the end uh, seven days in a row to reset him so that he would calm the fuck down and I could actually finish the quest. Um, but other than that, it's uh, real satisfying to uh, kill people that are, are mean to you. Uh, like, there's a little girl in uh, Grand Soren that's, like, the son of a wealthy merchant, and she's a real piece of shit. Like, when you talk to her, she's like, uh, you shouldn't even be able to talk to one such as I or some shit like that. So I just carried her to the top of the parapet and just, you know, threw her ass off there, and uh, the guards didn't like that. Uh, so don't do that. Uh <laughs> You can also give people shit, and they like you a bunch. Uh, for some reason, only certain items can be used for this. Um, and one of them is human skulls. Everyone loves human skulls, and you find them everywhere. So when make yeah. a fucking goblet and shit out of them or whatever, you know. Yeah, you know, decorate your house. Uh, so I just anybody that was important in the game, I just gave them like twenty fucking skulls. They make you do it one at a time, which is fucking bullshit. But uh, eventually you'll hear like these chimes, which indicates that person loves you. Uh, and then I guess that changes the outcome of like how they treat you later on or certain quests, whether or not they will either grant you the quest or just outright give you something you're looking for as opposed to having to fight them for it or whatever. So yeah, if you so see skulls... Sorry, so there's a couple things tied into the the whole relationship thing. Like, uh, first of one, I guess the most important thing is merchants, if they like you, will give you a steep discount on their products. 
Um, and then second, the person that likes you the most is who you marry uh, at the end of the game or whatever. Yeah, and the... there's like a there's a quest at the end of the game where uh, the dragon grabs that person up or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, no telling who that would be for me because I gave like a lot of skulls to the duke, thinking he was going to be in integral of the story. So I gave him like way past the chimes, thinking, hey, you know. So I don't know if it keeps going or what. So maybe the Duke would have been my love interest. I don't know. But it turns out he's like a uh, piece of shit that tries to murder his uh, wife or whatever. So well, that's I don't, I, I, well, I guess you can get into the story, but I don't understand. Story, like, yeah. He wasn't arisen, but then he went crazy. Or they don't really explain it. I don't, I don't. Maybe I missed it. I don't know. Yeah, like obviously something took him over or whatever, but still. But yeah, that, I don't really have much else to say about gameplay. It's uh, It's pretty fun, but can get like, really tedious at times and then there's also like level up systems within the weapons which i uh, really enjoy uh typically in games of this nature where you'll find an item and in this game uh, it'll let you level it up to uh like a third level if you find the the right ingredients and uh it won't make you do the first and second levels if you have those ingredients for the third level or just let you skip all the way to it and it'll make it much more powerful sometimes changing it completely and there's also a uh, a system with items themselves in which you can combine things to make other items which uh is kind of simplistic but it's there and uh, another thing with, with those type of items is something that i hate in video games when they do this is they make um certain items perishable and like as they're sitting in your inventory they'll just go completely rotten and not be usable at all other items do become better over time like herbs um so there's kind of like a counterbalance to that but it almost makes you not want to pick up shit like apples and grapes and meat and stuff because it just goes bad so quickly but you know it's whatever they felt like it was integral for some reason and fine but yeah that's all i got if anyone has anything else some more things so talking to the items uh things also have weight which fucking sucks too because you gotta like yeah. weight management but i hate fucking hate that shit so i always end up just giving all the dumb shit to the extra pawns being like here you go right you can <laughs> carry all my bullshit exactly uh yeah. you missed like the best part about the ga uh the gameplay in my opinion which is you can pretty much jump and climb on any fucking thing like literally you can jump on people climb them you can jump on all the monsters and climb them some of the monsters have weak points where you gotta climb on like their wings and bash their wings and they'll fall out of the sky while they're while you're flying on them and like in the air. Uh, like oh, also, uh, are they trolls or ogres? I can't remember what they're. There's both. So, there well, there's one creature that's uh like I don't know, like nine feet tall ish. I, like compared to the an average human or whatever, they're yeah. all pretty beefy. But as soon as they see a woman, they get like fucking super horny. <laughs> yeah, like, they just chase after the women characters, and they just beat the shit out of them. And uh, like I've never seen anything like that before in a game. And it, uh, the first time I saw that, I was like, "Holy shit, what the fuck!" But then I just always had like women in my party as yeah. So that way I was just like, "All right," uh, it never targeted me, and I could just beat the shit out of it. 
See, I was I was a woman, and all my party members were a woman when I first came across it, so I didn't really know what to do. So it was, like, normal, I guess. But, yeah, it goes in a blood frenzy. It says, it's in a blood frenzy. It'll attack the women, which I can only assume is, like, a, it likes period blood smell or something. I don't know. Could be. I mean, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I doubt you guys bathe very often, and Miss Sarakun over there is probably got a right bold coot. Well, I mean, <laughs> her name is literally Sarakunt. So <laughs> she... Definitely hasn't bathed in a minute. Uh, yeah. I do also want to, I guess, expand a little bit more on the skill system and the vocation thing. Um, sure. So up until like level 10, you only have to choose between, I think it's like fighter, strider, and then mage. And then once you hit level 10, you can actually go into some secondary classes, which is recommended because each uh, level you have in the class gives you fixed stat uh, increases. So if you're somebody that wants a min-max, like, they've got calculators and bullshit, so you can, like, figure out which stats are the best, like, which classes to level up in, to, like, to maximize your stats or whatever, but you don't really need to do that for this game. It's just the thing, if you want to overkill shit, uh, you can. Uh, also, in the base game, they haven't uh, nerfed all the assassin abilities, and the assassin was uh, my preferred class of choice, because a lot of the abilities you got are, like, uh, things are stronger at... Uh, you are like twice as strong at nighttime, and then you're also like twice as strong when you are fighting by yourself. Um, so I would just put those things on and like solo everything, like start one shotting stuff. That was fun as shit. Um, and then also nighttime. Uh, so there's a day nighttime system in this, and during the daytime, generally weaker monsters are out, and you can actually see things. And it's, like, <laughs> yeah. it's, like, good, it's good point. Cool. Yeah, it is like if you if you don't have the lantern, or I can't remember if you get torches or not, but I, I know there's a lantern for sure. If you don't have a yeah. lantern. On like on yourself at least and then maybe some of the pawns um you're not gonna be able to see shit like there's no way unless you're on a full moon night which i think happens once in a while uh, it does but you can kind of see things uh but you're not gonna be able to see shit at all yeah. ever... sorry what you're saying i was just gonna say even with the lantern and like the, the there's like a ability that you can make the lantern like more illuminative or whatever you know illuminate more like a wider whatever it's still bullshit you can't see at night for shit like if you're exploring at night good fucking luck it's just yeah. dumb i remember so my fondest memory of this game is when it came out i had been playing it for like a week or two and i was like brent this is the game of the year you have to you have to play this and he's like <laughs> uh okay so he bought it and then like another week passed and he's like so tell me why the fuck i was walking around in at night and like I ran into this manticore or something, and it just fucking one shot on my dudes. This game's bullshit. And I was, I just was laughing my fucking ass off. So it was like, they tell you not to wander around at night. Like you just started the game. Like I don't know what you're expecting, Brent. <laughs> and so this was one of those things where like I was loving it. Like I would have loved that experience. Like I would have, like got my ass kicked and been like, whoa, what the fuck was that? Let me see if I can fight it and kill it. Right. Like, uh, now fuck this shit. I'm done. Yeah, you never played the game anymore after that, so it's like, all right, well. <laughs> some of the funnest things about, like, when I was playing this game originally was uh, wandering into, like, the wrong area and then, like, seeing if you can, like, surviving by, by skinning your teeth. Like, that was really fun. Like, sometimes you can win. Like, you just got to make sure you're, like, staying behind the, like, there's tactics you can use and using your skills. And if you're good, you can you can probably survive, I mean, barely. So that that's kind of some of the fun for sure, like, you can have in that. Uh, in this game that's where most of the fun comes from is from the unintentional 
boss battles, if you will, where you do run into these things and you're like, oh shit, like when I ran into the rock golem like way too early. Or like Nick said, I was out at night at one point and there was like a ogre, I think it was a cyclops. And he was by uh, one of the healing springs, and he's, like, jumping rock to rock, but he had a lantern in his hand. So I just saw, like, this huge shape just barely in the distance jumping or, you know, it looked like it was floating kind of. And then as I got closer, I about boss battle, you know. But we fought him right next to a fucking healing spring. So, like, you just run into the healing spring whenever, you know, you weren't <laughs> doing well. So it made it easier. So little things like that, for sure, you know, made the game uh, more palatable because the quests themselves are are pretty generic. Sure. Oh, that's yeah. another thing I want to touch on real quick about uh, items. Like, uh, you can interact with the environment with items as well. Uh, like, so the healing spring you just mentioned, if you have empty bottles, you can collect healing water, and then you can just use that as a, uh, a non-perishable cure-all. I think it heals your whole party. Uh, uh, it heals one character completely, I think. Okay. But uh, it's, it's really good. Uh, but what sucks about that, too, is, like, the universal thing for picking up anything is just by mashing the O button. So you'll go to a corner with like a bunch of shit and you'll be mashing the O and there'll be a pot of oil or a pot of water uh, or poison. And your character will fill one of your empty flasks up with that bullshit. And for whatever reason, when you use that, you're not left with an empty flask again. I guess like you have to throw it away. Uh, makes no sense, but whatever gameplay. Um, so, yeah, it would constantly piss me off because I've only got so many flasks. I'm like, oh, when I go to the healing spring, I'm going to, like, juice up on all these healing waters. But then I'll inevitably walk across something and fill it up with goddamn uh, oil or something. Which oil you actually use, like, you can use it to throw on enemies to make them more flammable, I guess. But you also use it to power the lantern. So it's something that you absolutely have to have, whereas, like, the water... The only use that I could find for it was, like, throwing it on enemies to make them wet so lightning would hurt them more, I think. And then the poison, like, I, I guess you could poison enemies but I could, or use it to, like, make poison arrows or something, but I did not care about any of that stuff. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, this is one of the things. Like, there's lots of stuff you can do, but it also, like, there's too much. Because it's like, uh, like, it's cool you can do that, but realistically, nobody really wants to because it's not worth the effort. Yeah, another thing that while I'm thinking about it that I hated was as I was gifting things, because like you, to talk to someone, you press O, which is like the universal, you know, but it's like X in most games, but for this game, it's hitting the O button. So you'll hit O to talk to someone, and then to gift them, you have to hit square immediately after hitting O, and like I said, they only let you do one at a time, so you get in this like mode of where you're hitting O, immediately square, select the item they'll say thank you and you do it all over again so you're having to do that and after like five or ten times you feel like you've got a hang of it and then inevitably i would hit the square button like way too early and square is also an attack um so yeah i'd be like i would miss hit the o and that wouldn't bring up the dialogue box and then after like having given them five skulls i just smack them in the face and then they'd take off and then I'd go to jail, and I have to reset. Uh, so yeah, it was just really annoying. Like I felt like they could have done the gift system a little better. Maybe like press a button that wasn't a fucking attack button, or make it to where like you had to unsheathe your weapon to attack in town instead of just hit a single button. But whatever, you know, hindsight and all that, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. 
Well, Kevin, you haven't said much. Was there anything like you really liked, you really disliked about the gameplay? <clears throat> um. Well, we kind of already hit on what I liked was just like the battles, which was really fun. Um. I, yeah. Th there's not much more to really say about it, but it, like that's the that's what keeps you playing is uh, just seeing what else you can find out there, and then you know beating them. So or finding the weaknesses or figuring out the weaknesses. Because, like, one of them, like, the golems, you, like, they have, like, little, like, uh, runes on them. And the only way to beat them is, like, attacking the runes. So that's kind of cool. Like, you figure it out. Like, figuring out how to beat them is the fun part. <clears throat> For sure. And then sometimes you'll have a, a pawn from someone else. And uh, they will, uh, they'll tell you, that like, hey, use lightning or use fire or whatever it is. Which is, that, that, that's kind of another thing the pawns help with, which is fun. And then it's fun, like, using, like, I, I, I use Nick's pawn, so it's kind of, like, you know, I had Nick playing with me. It was kind of like that was kind of cool for a little while. And then I got tired of, like, like you said, the, um, trying to switch it out every time. Well, Nick, Nick's uh, pawn was, like, 73, so I didn't have to, like, worry about switching it out. But then the other ones are always, like, trying to switch out. So eventually I just found, like, a message board on Game FAQs, or I think it was Game FAQs, and they're like, hey... Uh, if you want max level pawns, just add me as a friend. I had a couple of those guys as friends. I got some max level pawns. <laughs> so, that made, like, for my second playthrough, it made it super easy. Um, gotcha. Yeah. But the one thing that uh, we didn't really talk about is the fast travel, which was the worst, I think, ever in a game. I, I might have, like, good, good on you. Yeah, I forgot about that. It is literally, I, I kept thinking, like, when is fast travel going to be a thing? Because this is huge. The expanses in this game are massive. And uh, when you finally get it, it's like after the Griffin battle, you get one. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. You get one, like, anything, I think you can find another one in town, like, the town, but it's, like, not really, like, accessible right away. And, like, to get across from, like, the, like the, the two main towns is, like, I don't know, maybe an hour's journey, like, in real time. Yeah. Uh, between battling shit and, like, you know, you event, you know, you know, might want to, like, hey, what's that over there? Check some... You, you always get distracted. Um, or even the rest of the game, like, uh, getting across... Like, it's just a big open world. It just takes forever. So you get these stones, which I can't remember because I had a bunch by the second playthrough. I don't remember my first playthrough, how f long it took to get a good, like... A bunch of them. I think you only have ten stones at a time, though, right? Is that right? Yeah, something like that. But um, yeah, it's just like there's never like a good. I don't know. There's never good enough spots. It should be like every town has a fast travel, and it's not, or every area is a fast travel, and it, it's the worst. So I, I definitely hated that. Uh, yeah, because you got to find a port crystal, I think they call it, which is an item you get that like there's one in Grand Saran already. So you can always warp there, but then you get a port crystal where you place it where you want to be able to warp to. So you can place them in areas as you find them, I guess, to warp to those places. But they're not like super common items or anything. So you really have to think, hey, where's the best place to put these so that I'm not always having to run back and forth constantly. And it's cool in that it's customizable. But like you said, there should have been like two or three port crystals and then like all the major places already have them. Like once you get to them, they unlock would have been a lot better system. Yeah, or some, like uh, if, if you haven't played before and you're like, Oh, I'll put, 
I got a poor crystal here. I probably should use it here. I'll probably be back later. And then you never come back again. And you're like, fuck. I did. Now I got to go back there, retrieve that thing, and go find it somewhere else to play it. Push it. Put it. So. Yeah, super annoying. Uh, I, I don't know what Capcom would think with this. Um, but, yeah. It's they, just... they just put a bunch of ideas into a blender and trying to see what would stick is what it feels like. But they definitely, they definitely nailed gameplay. Uh, I mean, the... the that's the only reason to play this game. So if you like this kind of, it's like a, I would say like a third person, like action RPG. Uh, yeah. It, it, you got light and heavy, uh, light and heavy attacks. You can jump, you can grab, and then you got your skill buttons. It felt a lot like Skyrim to me. Um, would be a good example, except Skyrim's a much more serious tone. Uh, this felt a little more cartoony. Well, uh, Skyrim is a lot more box, like, you're you can't really move as you move a lot better in this game than Skyrim for sure. Oh, for sure. So for I wouldn't, sure. I wouldn't but... say Skyrim because Skyrim you're kind of like first person, and you can't really move around the enemies as much as well as you can in this game. Like this. That's fair. But it it, it felt similar. But yeah, the gameplay wise, I guess you're right. But of the two, I, I like Skyrim better. Um, but yeah. No. Oh yeah. No Fuck that. Skyrim sucks. It's boring. Yeah. Nah, it's pretty good. You just uh, you just really got to get into it. It, it. it takes forever before it gets worth a damn. But it, it is a good game. Um, I mean, I've got I got I I've played Skyrim to completion like three times, but <laughs> but you hate it. It's, well, it's like, I, don't, I didn't say I hated it. I just said it's the gameplay is definitely not as engaging as Dragon's Dogma. I, I don't know. I really liked it. I, I liked like being an archer in. Um, Skyrim felt really, really good. Being a uh, mage in Skyrim felt really, really good. Like in this, both just felt, I don't know, it, it was fine. It didn't feel as cool. I don't know. I guess each their own, but I, I prefer Skyrim's um, systems over this one. It just seemed like it was much more in-depth, too. You could uh, take it in all kinds of different directions, whereas this, everything was kind of on a almost linear path. So, I don't know. I mean, I guess that's fair. You like different stuff, but to me, Skyrim feels like you stand there, depending on like your build or whatever. Like you stand there and you just trade blows, and or like so that's like melee weapons, and then like magic, you just have one or two spells in your hand. You do magic shit, and then when your MP is gone, you wait till it fills back up or whatever. And then like with a bow, if you're actually like fighting people with a bow and not using sneak skills, then you're not you're not doing that right. Yeah. I mean, like to well, me, I like you. Skyrim, because you try to hit someone and you like swing through them or you miss them. It's so hard to like as a because I'm like a tank, so I hate it. I hate Skyrim like action. I never, never played through as a tank, so maybe that's a different experience. But like with a bow, I would love you know you see some guy on a bridge like half a mile away and you just take a pot shot at him and then it go to that like kill cam basically and you know it, I, I liked it. I thought it was cool. I had a lot of fun with Skyrim. I definitely, I had a lot of fun with Dragon's Dogma too, but it didn't invoke the same type of feelings, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't take it nearly as seriously. And that could be just my playthrough too, having such a goofy-ass character. You know, maybe that just made me feel like it wasn't as realistic or whatever, you know, because I just had this big fat thing jumping around and it just felt silly the entire time. I don't know. That could have, you know, painted my experience. Possible. Uh, well, I guess that covers gameplay for the most part, right? Yeah. Everybody content with that? 
Yeah, um, yeah. All right, so uh, I guess then Blaine, what would you rate it? What's the lowest you guys can do? I'm 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 kidding, man. Uh, <laughs> no, you know I I give it a lot of shit. But I still, I spent like 30 hours on the game. I can't say it's bad, you know, and gameplay is the best part about it. So I'm still going to give it like a four. You know, uh, I, I had a lot of fun with it. Like, you do feel pretty powerful. Like, as I played it predominantly as a mage. Um, I like the, the way that it works is all the different characters, depending on your vocation. Uh, you don't really have like a magic system. You've just got a bar that depletes as you use your different attacks, whether it be magic or you know, whatever arrow attack you might do or whatever, they both, they all basically act the same. Um, and yeah, you get like so badass in whatever your desired vocation is that at the end of, you know, your playthrough, you feel like almost godlike, you know, and uh, like I said, you're fighting these creatures that are larger than life and stuff. So it, it, it can feel pretty epic. I, I really like that. And uh, the battles are, are neat. I would have liked it better if, like, the pawns could have been substituted with actual players so that you could have, like, a headset on and play with, like, your two good friends, you know, and they're playing through with you instead of spiritually by playing with their pawns. You could have, like, actually been playing alongside them. I think then this game would be, like, a 5 out of 5. But as is, it's still very enjoyable. Okay. I can agree with you that. Like, definitely having somebody online to play with would have been a vastly superior experience mm -hmm. but uh i mean i guess that's what they did with the stupid online version and that we'll never see rip Yay. uh so what about you kevin oh so did you, give it, you gave it a four is that right yeah four okay it's solid oh kevin's doing that uh kevin are you here yeah i'm here all right so what about you yeah, I definitely had a good time uh, for the most part. Besides, like when the second playthrough is not definitely as fun, and you're just trying to get through it. But then that's when, like you know, the travel became like more apparent, like how tedious it is because I'm like I'm just trying to get to the castle, and it's taking me forever. Um, but I I loved it the first time, and I mean I loved it enough to play it a second time. So that tells you a lot right there. Um, so I'm also gonna give it four. It was good. Okay. Uh, so for me personally, like I said, it was my game of the year it came out. Um, I think I put, I must have put at least 200 hours into this. Uh, Good across, God. Across, well, across the different systems I played it on, like not in one file. Even so, that seems, uh, yeah, you know, I, I put probably that more in Skyrim, so I guess I could see it. Yeah, because uh, like, I did it on 360, I did it on PS4, or PS3, and then I'm like, I'm like I think I did one playthrough on PS4. Uh, but I got distracted with some other shit. But uh, for me, it's definitely been one of the most fun like adventure games like kind of thing I've ever played. Uh, like I don't think I've ever played anything that I felt like such a badass in like as a player. Hmm. So, so for me, uh, the gameplay is a five. Uh, even though there are the issues with the fast travel, they rectify that in the Dark Arisen version by giving you four crystals like pretty much uh, out the gate. So you can start setting up your fast travel shit. And to be okay. honest, fast travel never really bothered me too much because I was enjoying like the actual exploration. Like there'd be times like I'd revisit an area and then I'd find something I didn't know was there before. So I was like, oh shit, this is cool. Mm -hmm. I know this was here uh, before. So for me personally, uh, the lack of fast travel improved the experience because I wasn't trying to just rush through the thing. I was actually trying to enjoy myself, I guess. 
but definitely having the fast travel stuff is nice because you can just set up a port crystal at a healing fountain or whatever and just warp there whenever the fuck you want and fill up your healing lab. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, fly for me. Um, all right, so that leads us to our first musical break. Um, and as has become tradition, it will be the main theme. And since we are talking about the uh, original version of Dragon's Dogma, we'll use the original version's main theme, which is called Into Free, I believe. I think the band's Dangon, but I don't know what the hell. Uh, like, it's essentially like some, like, uh, orchestral stuff and then, like, some cheesy as fuck uh, Japanese hard rock shit. So, hope you all enjoy.
Alrighty. Uh, yes. Imagine loading the game up every time and listening to that. Beautiful. <laughs> Alrighty. So, story. Uh, as we've already kind of said, the story is a almost like an afterthought. Uh, the focus <laughs> was mainly a on the gameplay, and uh, the the plot serves as just as a vessel to get you between like the different locations. Essentially, like the most, I think you could condense the plot down to like a five minute like reading. Like you can just be like. That's like that's all the plot you get essentially. Like most of the the quote unquote storyline stuff you have is tied to side quests. If that, like you'll have, like they'll be like, oh, there's a griffin attacking this thing, this tower. You gotta go kill it. And you're like, oh, that, that that's it. Uh, okay, that's it. I, guess, I guess we'll go fucking kill it then. <laughs> so, um. So the way the story starts is like I haven't played this in a while, so uh, please, guys, uh, you you who have played it more recently than me, if I skip something, please interrupt me and tell me what the fuck uh, is going on. But the gist of it is that you are some dude living in a fisher or I guess or a female living in some fisher fishing village, and you get your town gets attacked by a dragon, and in the course of defending it, you get killed. But the dragon says you're brave or whatever because you're the only one that stood up to it. And it like brings you back to life, instills your heart, and you become an arisen, uh, which is like some legendary warrior or something, according to like some folklore or whatever. And your goal is to get your heart back. So you are challenged by the dragon, uh, which is named Grigori, to go and find it and kill it and get your heart back. And you are, because you are now arisen, you are granted the ability to use pawns. Uh, so you leave the village and you go to this like. Uh, encampment that's full of like knights and shit and i think that's where you first learn that like there's a pawn rift thing there and i think that's where you get your first pawn yeah uh that's where, like you create the pawn and you get to summon it and then you have the opportunities to summon other people's pawns i think if you want to at that point but i can't remember if it's quite no, at that point they they give you a pawn i think his name is conrad he looks like jesus uh yeah, that guy. <laughs> and he's just like with you for like a little while and he sucks like complete balls, and you just get rid of him as soon as you can. Yeah. Do they give you a pawn to go from like the first town to like the, to like the, where you fight the like, kraken or whatever? The, the encampment, yeah. And that's that's where you you can create a pawn and get other people pawns. But like in the in Cardaris or whatever the name of the beachside town that you grew up in, uh. Yeah, like just a pawn just appears out of nowhere and just like, hey, I'm going with you. And he's like level six, which is badass for like the little, you know, like 10 feet feet. jaunt. Yeah, <laughs> but that's that's all you need him for. And then you just tell him goodbye. Yeah, never see you again, asshole. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you make your way to the encampment uh, and you kind of, I guess, get recruited into like the army or something. Um, and you have to fight this. Uh... Hydra that comes out of fucking nowhere, like, and you chop off one of its heads, and it sounds like somebody was to say something. Did I make a mistake? No, no, no. You're you're right. There's a Hydra shows up at this encampment. You fight it alongside uh, this chick and like her little band of warriors, um, and yeah, you beat it. And they want to take the head to the capital, which is called Grand Saran, and they ask you to come with them. Well, you don't really beat it. You just cut off one of its heads, and it runs away, and then you never. Yeah. I thought I said. I th- 
I was hoping you'd fight it again, but I don't, you never see it again. It's like just hide. Yeah, you do. You do. Uh, okay, so there's a abandoned fortress that's kind of near the encampment uh, that you may go. You, you have a couple escort quests to, I believe, and I don't remember if there's like an actual uh, like sub quest to go there for any particular reason. There might be, but um, like in the basement of that, yeah, because I think there's like a I think there's some undead creature at the top or something that you can fight. But then in the basement, there's a big open like arena, and you can fight the hydra there. Okay, <laughs> so that. Okay, I guess I just passed that part. Because I remember, yeah, you go, like, fight all the goblins and stuff in that, that fortress that got overtaken. And I remember, yeah. I, I must have did it the first time. I guess I the second time through, it's not part of the story. Like, you don't have to do it. So I guess uh, I, I forgot to do it the second time. So, yeah. I, I think, you, I, like, there's just some item down there or some treasure or something. So if you get it once, I'm pretty sure you but While we're on it, before I uh, forget, there, during that goblin fight where you're, like, reclaiming the, uh, whatever it is, the castle that the goblins have taken over, there are some holes that say, uh, if I were a little bit smaller, maybe I could fit. If, like, my character was fat as hell, uh, <laughs> if you're smaller, can you actually go down to those holes? I don't think Hello? So. I don't think so. Yeah. Yes, you can. You can? Yep. And that's something we didn't touch on the gameplay, but you are, like, if you have a, a taller character, your reach is longer, but you uh, use your stamina quicker when you make attacks. If you have a, sh a smaller character, you can't hit as long of a way from yourself because your arms are small, but you don't use stamina as quickly. Yeah, so, like, I could only fit in one of the holes, <laughs> like, the main one to get in the castle. And there was two or three more where I could, like, see stuff running around down there. And like items, but I couldn't get in. I was like, "Well, this just sucks." And it just like had a prop that said, "If I were smaller, perhaps I could fit," or something like that. Yeah, you're not a fat fuck. You fit in the holes. <laughs> I, I made it as tall as it would let me, and as wide as it would let me. Damn. <laughs> yeah, she's a big lady. <laughs> big bitch. Uh, right. Yeah, so that's another one of the quirks or whatever. It would be nice if they would have warned you that, like, hey, some areas may be impassable. Right? Like, they didn't say anything about it. And, then, like, that was the first time that I knew anything was actually involved with how I built my character. Otherwise, I may have reset, you know. But I don't know what adding a bunch of weight, like, benefits. Maybe I don't get knocked down as easily or something. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's one of those things, I guess, it'd be cool to look up, but it's really irrelevant now. Right. Because we're done with it. Yep. Um, so you fight the Hydra, you bring the head to Grand Soren, and uh, then you get a meeting with the Duke. Uh, well, not immediately, but when you first go there, they don't want you to meet the Duke. They they say that you can join the something or other corp, and you have to do like four quests, or you can do just three, and then you get an audience with the Duke. But uh, you have to like further prove yourself to the duke and then you know during that time period you can run around the city too and this is where i got the cut scene with marcus where he looked like he he really wanted all up in sour kind uh that made me laugh so hard um but yeah not much to it story-wise you just show up and like i said some quests unlock or whatever that makes sense because i think they knew they don't there's something about like you being the arisen, but you have to prove that you're the arisen or whatever before the Duke will accept your audience. Like, I I guess. Uh, I know one one of the quests is that goblin, like retaking the goblin fortress. One of them is I I can't remember shit, man. And like, uh, there's one with the cult. 
Those yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the other ones, like, yeah, clear out the uh, one of the caves. Like that's a shortcut to one area. And okay. Someone opens up a shop in that one. Hmm. Like the okay. mines, the one of the mines. Yeah, I don't remember. Well, I like I was doing these things and like committing as little memory to them as I could, uh, because there was not much story wise to them. So it was really just like checking them off. It was just like to, to me anyway. It just felt like it was stuff to do to get to more gameplay. So I wasn't yeah. paying a lot of attention to the story because there's really not a lot there. Anyway. Uh, yeah, there really isn't. <laughs> but, but yeah, then you 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 get your audience with the Duke and. You meet up with the jester guy, like you were saying earlier, uh, pre-show, who, like, makes fun of you, basically. He puts, like, a shitty hat on your head, and uh, you walk in to meet the duke, who's effectively, like, the king, and uh, everyone's laughing at you and shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you also learn, I can't remember, like, when you learn it, but you learn that the duke has been, like, alive for fucking century, like, a century or more or something like that. And... But looks like 50. Yeah, and so... Like, you might think that, like, maybe he wasn't arisen in the past or something, too, because you don't age anymore as the arisen or something. Mm -hmm. um, but you you do meet one of the other arisen. Yeah. So, um... You meet a couple he's more. The Dragonforged. Yeah. What's that? You meet a couple more arisen. Oh, yeah? Okay. You... I just met the one, I think. Well, you meet the witch. Well, you meet the pawn that it's actually the the, the witch was arisen. Uh, oh, that's true. And then at her grave, and then the the Duke I thought was an arisen. Am I wrong? Uh, I think so. Yes. So he was an arisen as well. So there's a couple like you meet the the Duke is an arisen, like you said, the witch, and then there's that one who's like half naked in the hills or something like that. Yeah, but no one uh, can see him but you or something like that. Say that again. I guess he says no one can like the only way he knows you're arisen because no one else can see him. Is what he says when you first walk up to him when he's like sitting on like the archway or something. Yeah. And he has this pawn that looks just like him. Yeah, and his pawn's creepy and cryptic and gives you uh, information in like poems or something. He has a lot of nice loot in there, so that's nice. Yeah. Ton of loot. Um. Yeah. So once you finally are able to have the uh, audience of the Duke. You learn about that other arisen who's living in the hills. You have to go talk to um, to get get information about the dragon, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then you have the cult. You learn about the cult um, and their role, their their desires for the dragon to like succeed and like take over the world or whatever. Um. Eventually, you uh, do some quests and you fight. The, I guess the leader of the cult, uh, some old dude. Uh, who like turns people into like undead creatures and shit? Yeah. Um, and then I think this is like uh, on top of that like fortress you have to climb that has like a cyclops on the way or something. I don't and, remember. Like, there's like a bunch of shit you fight there. Anyway, I guess it doesn't really matter. Um, no. So like uh, you defeat the this dude, this cult leader, but then the dragon comes and like eats him or some shit or like stomps some of his foot. I can't remember. But anyway, the dragon. Uh, kills this guy um and the dragon's like hey you need to come kill me 
if you can or whatever then like Tantu flies away um then you go and you finally chase down the dragon and you can either fight it and kill it or you can sacrifice your beloved like whoever the fuck you had the most affection uh, affection with up to this point um and if you take the offer you become the duke as ruler of grants which is uh what the duke did the, the that's how he became the ruler uh, in the first place so uh obviously you don't do that and you're the one you decide to be the only first and only i guess arisen who successfully defeats the dragon so once you kill the dragon um you and everybody else who was connected to the dragon loses their immortality so the duke and the the guy in the um the hills they all they both died because they're too old to be alive anymore and they lost their immortality um and then the everfall which is this like giant bottomless pit thing that's below grand soren like activates or something and oh no it wasn't a bottomless pit first it was like this weird like magical energy place that you have to go down there for some reason i can't remember one of the pawns wants you to check it out there's like there's weird energies coming down there and you like go down there and you find like some tentacles come out of the ground and you just run back oh yeah 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 all right uh so once you kill the dragon that like opens up and becomes like the end game dungeon kind of thing <laughs> you wondered about that um uh, cool so i think where it's like you're just falling like forever mm-hmm. <laughs> you get like fall into the right ledge which it's kind of cool oh and yeah also, and also becomes bullshit at the same time yeah, that's how you navigate the different uh, levels of the stupid thing. Like, you fall out of the sky, and you fall back into the hole, and you have to land on the right ledge, like you said. Correct. Uh, and then I think, like, the you find out that the tentacle things are from a beholder. Hmm. Uh, not mistaken. Um, but you find, pretty much, that's, like, just, like, the end game, like, boss area. Like, you go through, each each level has, like, a couple rooms you go into, and then you fight some big fucking bosses, boss. And yeah, they can be interesting some... fights. Yeah, collect some of those heart things, whatever they're called. Oh yeah, that's right. I think it's like twenty of them, right? Yeah, and it's, it's a lot. So it's a lot, yeah. but uh, if you fight the UR dragon and win, you get like all the hearts you need, so you can like basically just pass the part. That's true. Okay. So once you do that, you become like you actually get to the real ending. So I don't know if you got this far, Blaine, but no. <laughs> so <laughs> not gonna. So, uh, once you collect all these things, um, there's, like you... some, there's some pawns down there you gotta give them to, and they open the portal to, um... Hell. Well, heaven, technically. Heaven. Basically it's heaven, yeah. But, Same uh, thing. So, when you, yeah, you give the pawn these things, and you go there, and you talk to, like, the god of the world, the, it's called the Seneschal, or something, and uh, he is actually the Arisen character you played during the prologue. Ooh. Oh. So he successfully like fought the dragon and did all this shit and became the ruler of the world or whatever. And so you're offered a choice. You either fight the, the Seneschal guy uh, and try to take his place as the new god, or you just return to uh, Grand Sis, your hometown, and you live the rest of your life out in peace or whatever. Uh, if you fight and lose, you are reborn as the next dragon. But if you win, you become the next god, and you become like invisible to everybody. You can't like do anything. But then the true ending happens when you take this like god sword or whatever you have out of your inventory and stab yourself with it. Um, and you kill yourself, and you break this dra- dragon god cycle thing, and 
you fall back towards the earth uh, or your hometown along with your pawn and the pawn takes over your body and your pawn becomes you yeah flame yeah that's dumb as shit alright you just keep playing the game over and over again like you just keep going like you can just yeah, you can I... new game plus it forever yeah I feel like you could have just said after like the hydra head just been like and the rest is bullshit and we could have just moved on. Pretty much. Uh, <laughs> the story is dumb as fuck. Uh, like, so if you ever end up playing through the ending again and you do this again, the nope. center style you fight, I'm just saying in general, the center style you fight will be the previous uh, character you used. Ah, well that's interesting at least, but I don't know. That's an awful lot of gameplay to just like see your old character again although it would be it would be fun to fight sour cunt i guess so maybe sometime in the future but i don't think i'll finish the playthrough here with her even like it, it just got it, it was fun but after like 30 40 hours whatever i put in it it just felt like okay i've, I've literally done everything i want to do with this game i don't care about the story so like it didn't motivate me to keep playing it yeah which is normally what happens with an rpg is even if like, the gameplay is incredibly bad. If the story is there and it's keeping me intrigued, I will play through the entirety of a game. Whereas this, like, the gameplay was really good, but the story was just not there. So after I was, like, getting bored with the gameplay, I there was nothing to push me along. That makes sense. I'm usually the same way, but for some reason, uh, for me, the gameplay just really... Was enough to push it you was, through. Yeah. It was more than enough. It was like jerked me off the whole time. I really enjoyed it. Like, well, I, I could definitely see too, like, it, had I played this in 2013, you know, like, it would have hit me a lot harder. But going back to it now, you know, we're talking 10 years later, it looks a little goofier, you know, it plays a little clunkier than a lot of modern titles, etc. Okay. You know, I, I had the same similar experience, like, right before this, I played uh, The Evil Within, and I the whole time I was playing, and I, I put about two hours in that, I was like, you know, 10 years ago, I would have loved this game. But this isn't grabbing me right now. And I'm usually not like a snob like that with uh, video games. I'm very into retro games and stuff. But uh, I don't know, for whatever reason, like that era of video games, like PS3, like if I don't already have nostalgia for it or if it's just not like incredibly good, like I don't know, it doesn't push me along. Um, whereas, like, I can play, like, an old PS1 game that looks terrible and, and not have any issues with it for some reason. I don't know. Like I said, it's just a weird era for me. But anyway. Well, you say that because I, like, I did that. I played The Evil Within, uh, like, right before you, but I had also played it on release on PS4. So I had, I guess, the nostalgia going for me when I played it, and I will admit it was clunky as fuck. Oh, yeah were awful on PS3, and it, like, had uh, freezing issues occasionally and stuff, but I guess uh, I had played it before, and I... I remember you saying, like, the plot didn't make any fucking sense, which... Nope. It's kind of true, but uh, it was, like, I like that shit, because I don't like predictable things, so me not knowing what the fuck's going on, uh, I guess, spurs me on a little bit more, and I kind of... I had beaten the game already, so I knew what the plot was, and so I guess when I was playing it again, I was trying to piece it together. It, I don't know, man. It was just like, I, I'm all for cheesy. You know, I love Resident Evil games. You know, like we just covered Resident Evil 8. It was fantastic, and it was plenty cheesy. 
but like everything about Evil Within, I was just like, oh come on, uh, it, it's like bad, 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 bad movie cheesy, where you know, like the guy is driving through the city at the beginning, and like literal buildings are missing the car as he's driving it by just inches, and you know, it's just goofy. It's like the Michael Bay of uh, Resident Evils is what it felt like to me, and, and then once I got into actual gameplay, it was just clunky as all fuck didn't particularly scare me i wasn't having any fun so after a couple hours i just put it up but this isn't the evil within show we're talking about the storyline to um dragon's dogma and evil within as boring as it was probably had a better storyline oh it did for sure yeah uh so we know how you feel about the story here kevin what about you yeah uh i'm gonna give it a two i mean it had a it had a good beginning and it was interesting to like get you going, but uh, it definitely fizzles out once like you meet the uh, the Duke and then then like it, I feel like it they they didn't I don't know, it wasn't all the way like complete or something because it, it happens real quick. It's like you finally figure out the Duke and then it's like oh here's a dragon. You know what I mean? Like it didn't didn't really like get more into that kind of stuff. So yeah kind of just kind of fell flat and you're like well what was the whole point of doing all the duke stuff then if it was just the dragon's gonna come anyways you know uh yeah i mean like i said it's been a while since i played it but i assume it's just like whatever plot convenience they had to try to get you to get information about the dragon's location but then the dragon does whatever the fuck it wants anyway kind of thing yeah dragon just shows up it's like okay so <laughs> i guess all this was for nothing I mean, yeah. it was fun, but now, I don't know, it, just, it wasn't satisfying at all, so. I, I I can get that. I kind of, the way I took it was, your character is just trying to kill a dragon. It doesn't give a fuck about anything that's happening in this town. They, he's just like, I, or he or she's like, I just want to kill this fucking dragon. I want to get my heart back, and I want to go back home. So, uh, like, you're not trying to be, like, the grand hero. You're just trying to do your fucking task you want to do. So, to me... Uh, from the character's perspective or whatever uh, and therefore I guess from a plot perspective like whatever the fuck's going on you don't really give a shit so they didn't that didn't necessitate the story to be grandiose or anything like that like the, everybody uh-huh. else is doing the shit that they want to be doing uh, and you're just trying to do your thing that you want to be doing and they just you happen to interact with these people occasionally and you're like alright what? Well, I'm just doing shit here so that I can find out where the dragon is that's essentially it. Not yeah, but why? Well, not like uh, I don't know, because apparently. Well, I mean, you're you're immortal. You're alive, effectively. Why bother going to kill the dragon at all? Why not just stay in Cardaris and be like, yeah, this is cool. I'm fine. I'm not dead. You know what motivates your character at all to do any of this shit? Uh, he stole your heart, man. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. like, like you know, I'm aware that I have a heart because I'm living and breathing. Yeah. Uh, outside of that, I've never seen it. If I were somehow still living and breathing, and someone was like, "Hey, man, I took your heart," I'd be like, "Well, I'm still here, so I guess I don't have any beef with you." Especially if they were like, "Well, I took your heart, but now you won't ever die," and I'm like, "Well, I'm, I'm going to need that back because I really want to die." <laughs> I mean, come on, man. Well, I mean. <laughs> To be fair, like in the world we live in, uh, like I definitely would uh, care about being immortal. Like fuck yeah, but I guess yeah. uh, like in this world or whatever, like this dragon just came and attacked your village and like disrupted your way of life. It, you're 
admittedly very shitty way of life because I don't know that I enjoy my life too much if I was doing whatever the fuck I was doing in some shitty ass back hole. What beach town? Yeah, yeah man. I a bit corrupted by modern uh, accoutrements and whatever, but yeah, conveniences and shit. And there's no fucking way I'd ever want to just be living in a fucking fisherman town. Like even. Even even as with who I am as a person now, if I was living in a shitty fisherman town, and some dragon came in and killed people that I may or may not have given too much of a shit about, and then gave me a mortal life, I'd be my ass would be out of there. I'd be going to like hitting some libraries up, learning some shit, like learning how to be a merchant or something, you know, like making money, like making a life for myself, my potential progeny, not just be like, oh, I'm gonna go on an adventure and kill this dragon. Unless the character's like one of those people that's like, well, this is an evil in the world, and now I have the power to destroy the evil in my job. Yeah, but you're you're a silent protagonist too, though. Your character yeah. never actually talks, so you don't know what's going through their head. They're just, oh, I guess this is what I'm supposed to do because this fucking dragon told me I should come find it or whatever. But yeah, what me, like, I don't see any motivation there. I'm like, so you mean I'm immortal, <laughs> but you have my heart. Uh, you know, I'm going to stick around here, and the very least I get to Grand Soren, and because I, like, was living in this shitty, as you call it, backwards beach town or whatever, you get there, and it's like this grandiose castle, and it's like all baller and shit, I'd be like, you know, I think I could, I, I could like it here, and I'd just stay there, fuck going out and trying to, you know, fight dragons and shit, I'd just, you know, get some whores here or whatever, and have a good time, but, yeah, whatever, I don't know, Yeah. so. Well, I will just say, say, in your character's defense, the way they looked, they probably want to die as soon as possible. Mine, yeah. She didn't. <laughs> I don't know why she bothered picking up the sword. <laughs> if, if I was that chick, I'd have been like, just kill me. <laughs> I've been trying to walk into the ocean for years, which is something we didn't mention. But in this game, if you go too deep in water, you just die. I don't know for reasons. Um, not drown. It just like this shit surrounds you, and yeah. Well, there's, like like, monster, there's a monster that kills you, apparently. Apparently. Off screen, yeah. But anyway, yeah. So, what'd you rate it, Nick? Uh, I'll give it a two as well. Uh, uh, just like Kevin. Uh, I don't think he rated it yet. So, what would you give it? Well, what's the highest again? Uh, why does that matter? Because you're not even doing that. No, I'm going to give it a one. <laughs> uh, I would give it a point fucking five, but apparently that's not a thing. Um, if you want to I, go I, for it. It's not like I no. tabulate these fucking scores anywhere. So point five. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to give it a zero because like there is a story. It's just so dumb. It's like it's tacked on. It's like fucking He Man. You know, they made the action figure first, and then they're like, "Oh shit, we we said we had a cartoon for this. We got to come up with it." I don't know if you've heard that story, but that's literally what happened with He Man. Is they made the action figure, and then they were like, "Oh, these are." pretty cool action figures and they lied to be able to get like Kenner or whatever to make them they were like yeah we got a hit cartoon coming out with these characters they're like, okay cool we'll put them out and then they had to like create the story based on these figures that they'd made that's what it feels like in this game it's like they made all this baller gameplay and they're like all right now we got to come up with a story and it was really just an afterthought you know i guess the, the, the one thing they fucked up on is they didn't have a skeletor yeah, for sure. No Skeletor, no Cringer, no Orko. All the characters are pretty, like, unmemorable. Like, fuck the Duke. I, I don't care about the Duke or, like, his girlfriend that he tries to choke out or whatever. Princess, I don't know. Like, all the characters, except for, like, the only memorable one is the little Jester dude. And he's only memorable because I wanted to throw him off a fucking bridge. Um, 
like none of the characters are particularly memorable. So I, I didn't care about any of them. I didn't care about the story whatsoever. It was really just gameplay motivating me to continue to play. Definitely. Hey, there's a new uh, He-Man uh, cartoon as well. So and it's actually not bad. Yeah, well, they had fucking three decades to come up with a story, so. Yeah, He-Man dies in the first episode. Spoilers. Mm. No, that's good, because he was a shit character. Anyway, so, what's next? I guess he didn't have the power, huh? Nope. Uh, so, we are on to our second musical break. Um, this one is called, is my pick, and it's called Blade at the Throat, and it's the, uh, I guess the sound that, the song that plays when you're fighting, like, uh, cult members and shit. Uh, to be honest, I don't remember much of the music from this game, so I just picked nah. something pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> so, here we go. Alrighty, so visuals. Um, well, this is probably going to be pretty controversial category, I guess, or maybe not. Uh, I guess I'll start off. The visuals I thought were typical of the time. Um, I don't remember there being any like texture loading issues, but uh, it's also been a long time since I played on the PS3. Uh, I did like a lot of the monster designs. I thought that's probably the best part of the game. Uh, there's a lot of varied and uh, like menacing looking creatures uh, nothing like that looks like scary but you're like oh shit uh, that thing looks really cool at least in my opinion um, and I don't know that they like it they, they did any kind of like re skinning of like uh, shit like you would do like in a JRPG where you have like a purple fucking frog and then you, you fight like a, a brown frog later and then like that kind of shit like I feel mm-hmm. like all the creatures here were distinct, and they all had like a habitat that they lived in, and where they lived was a good like uh, like it, 
it kind of like informed in a, a third person like world building kind of thing like how they became to be the way they are like you fight saurians like near rivers and shit you fight goblins kind of everywhere because they're little fucking pricks and they kind of pop up everywhere and shit uh like you fight uh like winged creatures like in generally in like open plains where they would be able to hunt better uh same thing with like wolves and shit that you fight them kind of in the forest and i think maybe like an open plains area i don't now that i'm thinking about it there wasn't a lot of different enemies to fight <laughs> no. i think maybe like the 25 or something like that mm -hmm. uh and the i'd say you get like end game and then they like start fucking I don't know why games do this. Like they save like a lot of their best designs for like the end game boss monsters and shit. So Blade wouldn't have seen any of these, but like the Beholder, there's some pretty cool dragon uh, monsters that you fight at the Epifall thing or whatever. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of like basic enemies are kind of cool too. But uh, for me, that's probably the high point. Um, other than that, the environments are kind of like your ca classic, like medieval sort of sorcery fantasy shit like you got castle town you got shitty beach town <laughs> you, got, you got forest it's a quarry well there's like the there's all these half abandoned places too there's like the thief place and the you know so you've got like these other areas where humans dwell you know but yeah it, it, it's pretty varied like there's like rocky areas, forested areas, you know, seaside areas. There's the witches area, which is all like encased in fog and shit and perpetually dark, you know. So, you know, in dungeons and all kinds of stuff, too, that are pretty widely varied for the most part, caves, etc. So, yeah, you know, there's there's a lot of variation. Yeah, but it's it's grounded in reality. Like, you don't have your lava level. There's no like, oh, frozen ice fortress Which i kind of missed you know i they're they're uh, tropes and whatever but like i they're interesting and they're typically in these games for a reason you know because it is cool to have that that large variation like that but even so it was like you said it was it was quite varied and bound in reality so can't fault it yeah uh so for me i'd give visuals a three hmm yeah, it's funny that you say that. I was literally, as you were talking, I'm like, yeah, it's better than average, the visuals. Um, and I give it a three as well, because it's like, it, I don't feel like it was groundbreaking, even for the era, because there are things on PS3 that I think are still pretty jaw-dropping. Um, and this isn't one of those games. But it definitely doesn't look like a PS2 era game, like a lot of the titles um, from PS3 do. So it looks better than average for its time, and you got to kind of like, put yourself in a uh you know like a frame of reference from okay this was 2013 i'm not comparing this to the latest ps5 game or whatever um so yeah it looked great for the era or at least very good uh better than average so i was gonna also like just say yeah right around a, a three like i'd even possibly say 3.5 because i think it was like a full point better than like a 2.5 which would be like right in the middle but i'm gonna go with three just because that's a rounder number I will also uh, give it a three because, like you, same reasons. It it looks good for its era. It wasn't bad, but I mean, playing it now was like kind of rough for me. It was like, uh, um, it's kind of bland nowadays. Like it's not varied. Like you know, the trees all look the same. The rocks all you know. It's not like now everything's like unique. But um, 
it's part of you know part of the time it was made <clears throat> um so i won't fault it for that but uh i remember like at the time i thought it was great and like all the all the you know fighting the dragon was amazing like in 2012 or 2013 whenever i played this so yeah. <clears throat> uh now it's still it's still fun it's just not i mean it's still fun like fighting like the fighting and the battles are great but uh and everything looks great but I think they could make a, a second one and like blow us away, you know. But. Definitely would play a second one. Like if one came out tomorrow, I'd be all over it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So what would you? You said a three, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm do three. Um. All right. So, uh, music and voice acting. Um. For the composers, I don't recognize any of them. Um. So I don't know what else they've done before, but there are four uh, that are credited for the this game's soundtrack. Uh, you've got uh, Tadayoshi Makino, Rei Kondo, Inon Zer, and Masayoshi Ishii. Oh, cool. He's good. Is he? No, I have no idea who the fuck. <laughs> oh, <fucking> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, you fucker. Um... I, I guess I'll just, I don't know, Kevin, do you want to, like, say anything first about this? you kind of been uh, in the background for this one. Uh, I, I don't really have much to say on the music. Uh, I mean, I didn't, I, I guess there's a, you know, when the battle starts ramping up, you hear the music, I guess. It's it's not bad. I'm just not a big music guy, so I'm, like, kind of, like, tone deaf, I guess. So um, voice acting was, uh, I can at least say that, it was mediocre. It wasn't great. I didn't think like you didn't like, I don't know. I didn't feel like, uh, they had the best actors. They didn't like make it believable at some points. It was kind of like at points they're like reading, you can tell they're reading, you know, not acting. So uh -huh. I didn't think the, the voice acting was great. Um, uh, so I'm going to give it two and a half. Yeah. What about you, Blaine? Uh, well, um, I'm, I'm kind of with you. Like, music, like, I, I don't know if Nick plays anything. I think he used to play, what, bass guitar or something? Yeah. Um, I, I, I guess I'm, like, the closest thing to a musician around here, you know, having played in bands and stuff. Uh, music wasn't any great shakes. It's, like, your standard bullshit that they put in games like this. Uh, the opening theme that we played... Uh, is like to me the best song in the game, and it's fucking terrible. It's uh, like old school, like mud butt rock from the '80s kind of sound to me. Uh, and it's it's garbage, but I love it. Right, I love that kind of like bullshit stuff, and it felt completely out of place. And I would have loved if the whole game was just like those type of '80s uh, rock songs and stuff. But uh, that's not the case. Um, the voice acting is uh, ranges from pretty good to absolutely trash. Um, unfortunately, when I was building my pawn, it was still early enough in the game that uh, I didn't know if I was going to just keep playing or not. So I didn't even like pay much attention to how I was building it or the voice that I used. I just picked whatever the default first one I think was. And it's like the dumbest sounding fucking chick that I've ever heard in my life. Um, I wish I could have a voice sample of it because everywhere we went, you know, she'd say, Oh, I got this for you, you know, and it just, I, I was like a vaguely, like a poorly done English accent, uh, of like a, someone with Downs. 
Um, <laughs> I just really hated her and uh, would constantly pick her up and throw her off cliffs and shit. Um, yeah, I didn't care for it. Uh, and then, like you said, a lot of the uh, people that were supposed to be integral to the quote-unquote story uh, sounded like bullshit. Like they were reading off a list. Uh, the one person that really didn't was the stupid jester. He really felt like he was going all out for whatever reason. I uh, still... You end up hating that character, so it doesn't matter. Oh uh, yeah, I mean, you hate him, but you legitimately hated him because of his performance and you know shit. You know, he's just like this little shit-looking like midget version of uh, that one porn star, Ron Jeremy. Uh, he, he's just terrible. I hated him, but it was because of the performance. You know, the snarkiness of that guy and yeah. stuff, yeah. and his line delivery. So he did a really good job. You know, I, I'll give it to the voice actor there, but everyone else was uh, pretty garbage. Um, so combine, like, I'm going to give it like a 1.5 and it's largely based off of like that dude's performance and the opening theme song, which is a terrible song, but I like it. So there you go. I have to wonder if the Jester voice actor, like everybody else is like lining up for their like readings or whatever. And then they're just like, yeah, you get like generic fucking woman, generic man. And then they're like, uh, you get to be this like shitty dwarf man. And the guy's like. Can you describe that a little bit more to me? And they're like, yeah, you're like a jester dude and you're shitting on the main character. And the voice actor's like, eyes just like glisten. He's like, fuck yes. This is going to be yeah. shit. And well, he just but, goes all, all over it. Because it's one of the few characters that actually has any personality. Everybody else is fucking cornmeal. You know, and this this guy actually like has some kind of depth to him. Like yeah. when they're like, hey, you need to play the Duke. He's like this old guy that is like the duke i mean <laughs> you know like here you can play this rich merchant I mean, oh cool <laughs> yeah what, what's his backstory well he's fucking rich yeah. great you know it's like mm, there's not a lot there so maybe that is part of it too but even so it was it was all trash i might want to say is that he's you commented on it earlier as the snot girl's snot nosed girl she did a pretty good job. yeah she, she did all right but again, she's given like this backstory of like you are Veruca Salt from fucking Willy Wonka. You know, you're like this little bitch that has everything handed to you, and you feel that everyone else alive is beneath you. You know, so with that whole quest line, when you're supposed to save Fortnall or whatever, like I knew, you know, that if I didn't save him, he wouldn't sell me shit anymore, and like they would go in the poorhouse. Guess what I did. <laughs> Fuck that bitch. She can win the slumps. Um, <laughs> 1.5. How about you, Nick? Uh, I'm kind of with you guys. Like, the music was generic, like, uh, medieval fantasy direct kind of thing. Yeah. Like, you can yeah. hear it in any kind of, like, similar. Like, even, like, films have the same kind of score. And it's like, uh, nothing really to entice you to, like, listen to the soundtrack or whatever. Um Going back through it, there were a couple songs that were more like my style, and like those are like the battle songs or whatever. But still, they're all too slow for me, mm. and no, like nothing like really engaging. Um, it kind of felt like similar to like the Tales of Arise soundtrack, which we just played, in that it was all just like uninspired. Um, yeah. So. In regards to the voice acting, like I haven't played it in forever, so I can't really, I don't feel like I can comment on this very well because <laughs> like, I don't remember the voice acting at all. 
but I guess that's also like I can still rate it because I don't remember the voice acting, and surely anything that would have been like, oh, this is actually decent, would have. Yeah, because it, if if someone that has an outstanding performance, you remember it decades later. Like I still remember Galleon from Lunar as being like a really exceptional villain, right? But largely due to the way he was voiced. And this is 20 years later, you know? So, yeah, if anything stood out, it would still be standing out in your mind. The fact that you don't remember anything about, about it means it was largely cornmeal. I mean, all, all I remember is all roads lead to Grand Soren. Um, this thing is weak to fire. Uh, <laughs> you hear that a lot. Shit like that. Like, it's... I hope... What? You, don't make the mistake that Blaine did. If you, ever play, if you play this game and you haven't played it before, and you're making your character... Really listen to the voice actors when you're designing <laughs> the characters because you are not, you are going to be listening to that. Like, you will literally hear the same lines maybe 50 times, depends on how often you go to through a location. Because, like, oh man, they're scripted to say, like, there's like a, a point, like, you walk through a gate somewhere and it's like, oh man, the trail here leads us somewhere else. And, like, every time you walk through there, it's the same line. Yeah. Maybe, a different pawn says it, so it's like a different voice, but it's the same line. So, yeah, please. Make These sure. are the night quarters. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah. Okay, <laughs> thanks. Cool. Great. We uh, can buy mini weapons from the merchants here, my lord, or whatever. You're like, all right, <laughs> cool. And like that voice actor that does the voices for the uh, that sells you swords and shit. He says something that you will hear like 10,000 times because he'll be like, Masterwork Swords, you know, something, something. Oh, he, yeah. And you're just yeah. like, fuck yeah. you. It's, it's Masterworks All, you can't go wrong. Masterworks All, you can't go wrong. Come again. Yeah, <laughs> yep. See, and it's been years since you played and you fucking know. So there you go. Exactly. So yeah, I'll give it a, I'll give it a two because, uh, like, uh, I'm not as big, as big a snob uh, as music uh, as you are, as being the resident like a professional musician. Uh, yeah, right. So, <laughs> I've, I've played on stage a hundred times, so I'm professional. <laughs> hey, it's more than we've got. Yeah, I'm sure you've taken like actual like maybe some music classes or something. Uh, no, <laughs> well, okay. singing, yeah, but not not like I'm self-taught as far as uh, guitar and stuff. I gotcha. All right. Mm -hmm. now, yeah, so for me. Like, nothing really stands out. It's all just kind of, like, run-of-the-mill. Uh, and, like I said, voice acting is kind of fucking subpar. So. Yeah. It is what it is. Sure. Uh, so, Musical Break 3. I believe this is Kevin's choice? Yeah, it's mine. Okay. What'd you pick? I picked uh, Battle to Know the Truth of the Eye. And now, I know sometimes, like, the, the titles of these songs are just what they make up on YouTube, so... Don't uh, get mad if that's not what it's really called. Um, I just Googled it, uh, and I just played some songs, and this is what came up. Uh, I don't know what this is from. I just, this is the first thing I heard that was like, okay, this is good. So, right on. here you go. Here's this this one. <laughs> I don't remember. I, don't want, I didn't want to read the whole thing again. Sorry.
to those who listen for the first time, this is how it goes every time. Yes. This un, un, unimpassioned musical selections from shitty musical games. Yeah, can I just like pick a good song like from something else? <laughs> I'm kidding. <You> know. <laughs> Come on. Pick the, uh, you can pick the shittiest song if you like, just a really uh, full breadth of like, hey, this is. Just uh, for, for my musical thing, just play the merchant saying that shit about Masterwork Swords. Uh, anyway, what's up next? <laughs> uh, so we're on to overall experience. Um, Brent would say this is your expectations versus reality. For me personally, it's how I felt coming out of the game the last time I played it. Uh, hmm. And so really, that's just how whoever is talking, how they feel, how it went overall for them. Um, and I guess I will go first, just to get this out of the way. Uh, again, I haven't played this in like many years, uh, but when it came out, it was my game of the year. So uh, I don't remember expecting too much. Like I think it, maybe I watched like some trailers, and they were like, "Oh, new ca- new game from Capcom. It's like a actiony RPG thing." And I was I think coming off of playing like Dragon Guard three at the time around then. Mm-hmm. I can't remember exactly what was going on, but I was kind of more into the actiony games as opposed to the uh, traditional turn based RPGs. And I also was heavily into Xbox at the time, which had like nothing but like first person shooters and gray everything, like gray, gray brown environments everywhere. So uh, for me, this was like a, a breath of fresh air, at least from what I had been playing at the time. Um, and I think I, I, like I said, I played it like, it must have been like three playthroughs. Uh, and I did a lot of grinding of like the Everfall and the Ur Dragon and all that shit. And I had a hell of a time. So for me, uh, overall experience is a five. Hmm. You don't really give those that often. Uh, well, like I said, it's like the best game I played that year when it came out. So for me, uh, it was definitely worth the $60 I paid because I definitely got my money's worth out of it. Cool. Um, I'm going to give it a three and a half. Um, my reasoning is that I remember when I first played it, I was pleasantly surprised and i really liked it but not enough to plat it so i i just really recently uh played it again and i would say my second time through is more a two and a half like i was kind of like not as fun the second time um but maybe it's because you know it's 10 years later the gameplay is a lot you know not as good you know i'm used to better things so that might be part of it too um but i know when i first played it i had a good time and it was fun and i definitely played it again so um it was definitely above average game uh that i thought was like a lot of people thought it was a crap game so or at least thought it was going to be a crap game um uh so yeah i I had a lot of fun with it yeah i uh you know i i wasn't expecting much because for some reason this game uh didn't hit my radar when it came out i guess immediately like i guess it came out in 2013 um and it was 2012 okay uh, I, I just know that when i turned the game on it said that there was going to be an update for 2013 it would pop up every time so i'm like i guess that's early you know whenever it came out uh but uh I didn't expect like a whole hell of a lot, but then like I heard Cujo talking about it and it kind of sounded more interesting and like I bought it because 
It was an RPG that I found for probably less than $10 somewhere at some point. I can't remember specifically where because I'm kind of like a fucking Roomba for RPGs that are less than $10, and I just buy them uh, and shelve them for maybe a later play or whatever. So, like, I, I really hadn't heard anything about this game, didn't know anything about it. Uh, like I said, I didn't even know it was a Capcom game, or maybe I had uh, moved it up my list because I do love Capcom typically. Um, so yeah, I didn't expect much at first, uh, but I ended up really liking it. It was a lot better than I, than I thought it had any right to be. Uh, and it kept my interest for, you know, 30, 40 hours, I think is what I put into it. Uh, so overall it was, it was pretty good. Uh, I have a lot of problems with it to be sure, but it's still, you know, my probably $5 investment for 40 hours. You can't really beat that. So I'm going to give it a four. Uh, I feel like it was a pretty good game overall. All right, sounds good. Yeah. yeah, nothing better than getting a lot of enjoyment out of something you paid like five bucks for. Yeah, I mean, can't can't beat it. Had I bought it for sixty dollars at release, I can't say that I'd be as enthusiastic, um, or I might have been more so. It's hard to say because at that time it may have blown me away. You know what I mean? So I don't know. So yeah. yeah. Okay, so last section is replayability. <clears throat> excuse me, replayability slash extra content. Um, typically, this category is re reserved for uh, anything that is uh, like new game plus or any extra like post game content. Um, and this one has some post game content, but like it's not really because it's part of the fucking game still. They just like do a, like a rug sweep on you. Like when you kill the dragon, like you think that's the end, but it's not actually the end. Um, but there is a new game plus mode where you just start the world over again and you do everything the same. So like really for a normal person, no incentive at all like to ever replay this game uh, because you can do the same shit at the end of the game that you can do when you do a new game plus. Like almost you just have to like if you do a new game plus, you have to discover all the shit again because I think the map gets uh, covered up again and you have access to all the quests again if you want to do them for any particular reason. Um, so, yeah, for me, it gets, like, a two. <laughs> yeah. Are you, are you going to include, like, Dark Arisen as well? That's kind of, like... Uh, no, I feel like that's a separate thing. We haven't discussed it at all in this review, essentially. But it is the extra content for this game, right? It, I mean, technically it was DLC, and then they published it together as one package on the re-release for the next-gen systems. So, I mean, if you want to like, count that in, then, yeah, that's like 30 minutes of extra, or 30 hours of extra content, but I was basing it off of the base game version. Like, that'd be like doing a review, re review of The Witcher when somebody's only played The Witcher and they didn't play the DLC. Like, I, I, it's up to you if you want to talk about it. That's fine. We just haven't talked about it at all yet, so I didn't count it. Yeah, there's not like you said. There's not much that goes on. You just like go through a dungeon and fight death, right? It's like a big ass dungeon, and it's it's like they took some shit from Diablo or whatever, where like you have to like find random shit like items and then identify them, and then they're, they're random like what you get from them. So it turns it from like a exploration-based dungeon uh, uh, exploration-based like RPG into like a dungeon-crawling RPG where you just crawl the same dungeon over and over again. So, mm. like, that's like a worse experience to me because I fucking hate dungeon-crawlers. 
because that's just boring. Uh, it depends. Like, it, it really depends on the gameplay in the game. But yeah, typically I'm not a big fan of dungeon crawlers. So, but yeah, I, if you want to talk about it, go for it. No, I'm good. <laughs> All right. I, hey man, what I'm about just, this? I'm just nah. saying that. Uh, <laughs> I'm, we're not gonna play Dark Arisen, so I just want to throw. I mean, we're not gonna just like play the game again and do another review on it. So I figure we just throw it, throw it out there that there's also Dark Arisen content that you could do, um, and it's minimal. I mean, it's, it's not minimal. It's thirty, like you said, it's thirty hours, but it's like I don't know, running on a treadmill. It's like you're not going anywhere. Well, it's also like end game, post game content. Like in the so the Dark Arisen versions, you have access to it. Like at, at like essentially at the beginning of the game, like you get your pawn, and then you can go back into the fishing town and you go on the dock, and they're like, "Hey, do you want to go to this weird location?" And you can say, "Yeah," but if you do that, you'll get your shit pushed in because you're level one, and this stuff is designed for like I think at least like levels fifty characters or whatever. So, it's it's the thing that they allow you to do. And it's extra like stuff you can do, but unless you are really, really good at the game, or even if even if you're really good at the game, like you're still not powerful enough to like actually make any good headway without just beating your head against shit. So it's for me, it's not worth doing until you've beaten the game at least once, or you're at the end of the game. And yeah. as far as I'm aware, it's just like you go into this dungeon where there was a the lore or something is like there was an arisen there that failed, and they like haunt they're, they're like they haunted the place now or something. And you go in there and you like you, you. It's like one of those things where like you go to a portion of the dungeon and you have to like hit a switch and shit to unlock another portion of the dungeon. So you backtrack to that part of the dungeon and there's another like locked thing you have to unlock. And then you go to another place where you're backtracking and it's one of those padded out shits where they just re you replay the same areas multiple times or at least you're going through the same areas multiple times to open up new areas to get to the central area where you actually like fight the boss kind of thing. And then, like, you do that, and then you grind for new gear, if that's what you want to do. Fun. Yeah, good times. So, yeah, I'm going to give it two as well. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I couldn't get through it one time. I can't imagine trying to get through it again just so I could, like, fight myself, I guess. Um, and that literally be the only difference. Like, it doesn't... You know, I've said in the past when I've guessed it on this show, like, for me, like, replayability, part of it, too, is, like, if a, if a story's good enough, I don't mind revisiting it to, like, it's like watching one of your favorite movies again, in, in a sense, you know? Like, I play Stature every couple of years because I really enjoy the story of that game, and it's nostalgic for me. Um, but something like this, where it's just, like, the story does absolutely nothing, like, uh, all I'm doing is more gameplay. Like, the only thing I could think of, like, as far as replay playability would be if you wanted to try like different character classes but you can try them all in one gameplay because you can switch vocations as many times as you want so uh yeah i don't see the point at all it'd be different if like you were locked into like say three vocations in a single playthrough or something but because you know you're not uh yeah it i'm loath to even give it a two man i, I want to say a one like, I have no reason to ever play this again. All right. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So did you, you don't happen to have a song pick, do you? What, me? No, I, I picked that Mudbutt song that we used for Brent, I think. <laughs> so you can literally just play whatever you want. I, sure. 
yeah, I, I don't, if you don't want to pick something, you don't have to. I don't care. Like, I was going to say, just play some, uh, like, some of the stupidest dialogue that you can find from this game to get an idea of how dumb people sound, because it, it really is bad. Or you can play the dialogue from that damn jester. That'd be fine. I don't care. Any dialogue. Just play some to give people an idea of what's going on with that, I guess. Sure. Well, yeah. have fun looking that up, Kudra. <laughs> I'm sure he'll find something. He can just like look up that dumb jester and play him because he was the best voice actor in the game. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that works for me. I'll sprinkle in something over here. I guess you'll listen to find out or not. Right on. Or you'll... Ooh, surprise! I might actually have to listen to the show then. <laughs> Okay. Uh, well, so that's the end of this show. Um, I guess uh, we'll take this time now to, if you guys want to, uh, do a little catch-up. So what have you been up to lately, Blaine? I mean, you probably talked about what you've been up to on your show, but uh, as far as podcast anymore, so... <laughs> yeah, well, like I said, we, we got through... What was the last podcast we did, James and I? Uh, we did The Village, which I, I really enjoyed. That's been... A month ago, an hour or so, and we're supposed to be working on uh, Majora's Mask, but I've been really procrastinating on that, uh, largely due to the fact that I started playing Dragon's Dogma and I kind of got into it. And before that, I'd played through an actually platinumed uh, game called Chicken Police, which is uh, like a criminally underrated uh, point and click adventure game that I had never heard of until I just randomly found it at a local game store. And uh, that game is fantastic. It's. Uh, it's like black and white, um, and you play as like anthropomorphic animals, right? Like you play as this literal chicken. He's like a rooster who's like a hard-boiled detective, and it's set in kind of like a 1930s noir type of setting. And um, you have a partner who is also a rooster, and he at one point shot you over a disagreement. It's never like entirely explained. But the story is like surprisingly in-depth. There's a lot of cussing. Um, it, it's just really good. And they do the thing that like those old uh, films uh, like Sin City does where everything's in black and white, but occasionally something will be in color and it really pops because of that. Like when you first meet the main uh, cat uh, female protagonist, 
her antagonist, uh, depending on the way you're looking at it. She has a uh, like jade green emerald eyes, you know, and uh, they really stand out against that. Or anytime someone is murdered in the game, you see the blood and the red is like really stands out. Stuff like that. Um, just a really stellar game. I had a lot of fun playing it. I recommend it to anyone. I think it's like 15 bucks on PSN, or you can get like a physical copy for like 20 dollars. Uh, so I've been playing that, or played through that, and actually platinum it. Uh, outside of that, not doing much. I'm going through my PS3 library, trying to. Like I said, I played The Evil Within. Um, didn't care for that too much. And then I popped in Dragon's Dogma and tried to play that. And that's why we're doing the show. And then after I decided I was done with that, I put it in Syndicate, which I don't know if either of you have played. Yeah, uh, yeah it seemed pretty dope. Like, I was kind of getting into it, but it seems a little in-depth. And I didn't love the uh, mechanics of it. And then when I saw, like, Rosario Dawson, uh, I turned it off because it seems like she's in fucking everything and she pisses me off. Uh, Yeah, it seems like I can't watch a TV show or movie now without her ass being in it. And, uh, you know, she's a beautiful woman and a fine actress, but I'm just fucking tired of her. So I didn't want any more of that. So I just turned that off and I haven't decided as to what to play next. But I'm trying to stick with the PS3 thing because I've got, you know, quite a few PS3 games that I've never even checked to see whether or not my copies work. Uh, so <laughs> I'm trying to get through that library. But, uh, yeah, it, it's tough because I, I want to play everything and there's too many games and I'll die before I play them all. Yeah. That's understandable. Yeah, so that, that's about it. Other than that, you know, I've been going to the gym a lot and that's fun. Uh, been tanning, which is something I've never done in my life. Uh, I was I have pictures of when I was really young. I was super like aborigine. I had blonde hair and like almost black skin because I grew up on an island. I don't know, not many people know that, but uh, and then I moved to the Oklahoma area, Oklahoma area when I was I think eleven because my grandmother was dying, and I've basically been in this area ever since. And at some point, I uh, went from being like a very dark blonde-haired little boy to being uh, the poop-colored hair that I now have and incredibly Irish skin that I now have. Uh, so, yeah, uh, my gym has, you know, tanning involved, and I was like, oh, I'll give it a try. But all that's happened so far is I get, like, really pink, and my skin hurts. So that's fun. Uh, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> Well, you forgot to mention that you've been posting on the RPG Show Facebook page about playing Fairy Tale Adventure. I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, are you spamming the shit out of everywhere? Yeah, that's not- everywhere. Uh, the Discord. The- no. Yeah. No, that's not me. Someone probably hacked my account or something. Oh, okay. uh, you get that looked at then. Yeah, you should probably not check your emails or the RPG show website itself. Oh no, did you check the emails today? No, but I guess I'll do that now. I wonder how many we got. I don't know. I wonder if Doug, wrote, wonder if Doug wrote a response. <laughs> hey, that's a good uh, good thing to look into. Um, the, only, the only thing I've been playing is I finished up Saga Frontier. Um, that's a pretty solid game. I uh, can't wait to talk about that next. Um, I think, are you, are, Nick, how far are you in that? Are you almost done with that? Are you still, like, grinding? Uh, I'm still grinding. Okay. That's fine. I'll, <laughs> but, be, um, I'll be, uh, finish, like, in the meantime, I've been, like, trying to finish up some, like, old games that, you know, I was close to platinum or close to 100%ing or whatever in PS3 land, so 
that's why I did Dragon's Dogma. Um, actually, I just put in Skyrim last night because I had like three trophies left to get in that to kind of 100% that one. Um, and I replayed um, Cthulhu Saves Christmas um, on PS5 just because I bought it and um, I had to end up playing the, uh, the Switch version. Um, for the show because the PS5 wasn't out yet. Or I didn't even have a PS5 at the time, I don't think. <clears throat> um, so I replayed that, and then I, I did New Game Plus, and, I and like basically New Game Plus in that game is, like, they're all self-aware that this is a second time, and there's, like, a different ending. So it's kind of it's kind of interesting. There's a, new, hmm. there's a new final boss. He fights uh, Bad Santa, basically. I hate Billy Bob Thornton. I actually like that movie. <laughs> no, I... I, I like the movie. Sling Blade's also incredible. I just hate the man. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> yeah, he's a terrible piece of shit human. But anyway, <laughs> so I would I would derive pleasure from beating the fuck out of him is what I was getting at. <laughs> oh, wow. That's some... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, well, so... Uh, little known fact, I guess I just saw this. Um, apparently there's a... TV show of Dragon's Dogma on Netflix. Oh, yeah? Is it a cartoon? Uh, it may be CGI things. Mm. Uh, it's uh, original net animation. Whatever the fuck that is. Oh, okay. So I guess it's uh, just a show that's been put onto the internet instead of how they used to do OVAs, which was on video cassette. Interesting. Yeah, the Wikipedia page doesn't mention anything like about it. It's got an 83% on Rotten Tomatoes, apparently. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good, really. So, uh, I guess I guess it might be worth checking out instead of playing this game. Maybe they actually have a story. <laughs> I doubt it. Um. <laughs> okay, that was new to me. Um. Cool. Uh. Well, I guess that's it. Uh, well, for me, I've been playing Saga Frontier. I'm, I'm, I, I can technically finish the game anytime I want, but I'm kind of waiting for Travis to be like, oh, I'm done, so I, I'll just finish the shit up. Sure. Uh, but other than that, I'm looking forward to either playing Lunar or I guess Suikoden 4, according to Kevin next, but if he makes up his mind. It's so hard. Like I want to do both. So, yeah, yeah whenever uh, we whenever we, you, uh, we pick a date to start our pick a date to record the next episode then i'll i guess i'll just pick then whenever we're ready yeah you want to do lunar uh, if you need another guy you let me know I've, I've played through that game so many times i could do a show on it right now and i've played every version so okay you played the ps yeah. version i i played several hours into it it's absolute trash well, well there's like a uh, prologue right where you get to play as it's a, a right as Master Mel, the Dragon, Master Dine, etc. Yeah, is that worth it to just play that part? No, because they're all voiced by. Uh, they get all new voice actors for everyone, and everything's voiced. 
and the voice actor for Master Mel in particular, they just decide out of nowhere, well, this guy should have the absolute worst Scottish accent that you've ever heard. And uh, it's terrible. They completely recast everyone. Everyone just sounds wrong. It's like watching your favorite cartoon, and they just were like, oh, we're just going to get all new voice actors, and it just completely changes everything. It sounds wrong. I just can't get past it. Mm. So if you've played the other Lunars and you're at all familiar with their voices, don't bother with the PSP version, or in the very least, turn the like sound off and just read the dialogue. Because uh, it is impossible for me. Like the first few cutscenes, I was like, "This just isn't gonna work." Well, Outside of that, the gameplay is fine. Is it at least interesting? Where they, is it like the final battle for Dragon Master Dine? Right. It's like the final dungeon. Like you play the last leg of the dungeon right before, um, like yeah, that Dine walks into the light to save the. The, you know the child and all that stuff that happens at the end of Lunar um, basically save Alex like he gives up his Dragon Master abilities to save Alex so that um, he may be born or whatever I don't know and then uh, Luna the goddess uh, what's her face L- Luna I guess or Lunar she decides to be reincarnated as a human to like live alongside this baby or whatever and Galleon doesn't understand why uh, Dine would give up his powers to, to like save this thing he, that's basically where he goes crazy and you know because it effectively kills his best friend or whatever so I don't know but yeah, it's it's all it's all part of the storyline of Lunar. Like all the Lunars tell of that battle and have flashbacks to like what happened there, right? But uh, you get to play like a, for a few levels as like these heroes, and of course they're all like incredibly badass. But you kind of you get that feeling a little bit from um, all the other games anyway, because at one point in uh, Lunar 1, Dine joins you and Galleon joins you, so you get to kind of see how powerful they are. So, you know, n- nothing new. Like, I guess you get to see what's her name, uh, Marina or whatever her name is, uh, the sorceress, and uh, of course, yeah, I guess. I don't know. It's, it, it's, it's not a big enough difference to warrant playing. Like, I would suggest playing the GBA version above it just because you don't have to deal with the garbage-ass fucking voice. But anyway, still a great game. Don't get me wrong. If you if that's the only way you have to play Lunar, go ahead and go ahead and play it that way. But no, I was just going to do... I was going to play the, the PlayStation 1 version, but just do that first part of the prologue just to, like, experience that, you know, because it's different. Sure. I, I guess you could. Um, I mean... You can just watch it on YouTube. Yeah, for sure. Like of the of the Lunars, my favorite is absolutely the Sega CD version. I just think it's the best version. Um, it stays true to the original Japanese version in that, like, all the characters are actual children. Whereas the PlayStation version, because the voice actors had aged, especially what's his name, Ashley Angel, who played Alex, went from being like a ten-year-old boy to being like a twenty-year-old man. You know, so they basically had to rewrite a bunch of shit and some of the changes I agree with and some of them I do not. I don't like uh, the overhead battles as much. Like normally I like being able to see enemies on screen. I didn't really like the way they handled it in Lunar so much um, because they still feel almost random because the enemies will chase you from like very far away and stuff. And I don't know. I just like the old school system of, uh, 
them being uh, random, kind of like on Final Fantasy, like two or six or four or six, whatever, the, all the early Final Fantasies. And also, uh, the characters don't have voiceovers when they cast spells, which I got really tired of hearing Nash say, check this out, uh, in the PlayStation version. And also, instead of having only six magical or whatever abilities each, like each character only gets like a grand total of six or eight or whatever it is, uh, some of the characters like Mia at the end of the game in the Sega CD, ver- Sega CD version will have like... 40 spells or something like that that she can choose from uh, which feels more like an actual ma- magician same with Nash you know etc you get all these different abilities um, which feels more realistic I don't know and then they, they, they just took a lot of liberties and changed the game it's still an amazing game great story and all that but uh, if I have my brothers like uh, the original version is the best so you're saying you don't really have an opinion no. Okay. <laughs> uh, they're, they're all about the same, uh, and like the GBA version isn't nearly as good, uh, but it's still very playable. So, like, I recommend like if that's the only version you can get. Like, I haven't played it in years, but I played through the entirety of it, so I, it had to be at least somewhat decent. Well, the sad thing uh, is, like, the only really way to play is like like four generations ago. So it's like it's really tough for anybody like younger to get into you know it's gonna uh, yeah the easiest way for like anyone listening to this that has never played but is interested would be the psp <clears throat> because it's the uh the cheapest version to get a hold of yeah you, and... still get it, you still get to play on your vita if you want to sure and it's like uh I mean, like the realistic, though, guys like any kid nowadays is definitely pirating games yeah, 100%. Oh, right, right. And, like, Sega CD is one of the easiest things to emulate. Um, like, d- just terribly so. You can emulate it on a toaster. Uh, so, you know, just emulate that. Or, like, the PlayStation version, whatever. And they're still relatively inexpensive. I think you can buy an original Sega CD version for, like, 200 bucks. You can buy a PlayStation version. Yeah, it's relatively cheap these days for video games, man. Um you can buy the PlayStation version, I think, like, loose for, like, 60 or 80 And if you want it, like, complete with all the accoutrements, you're probably going to be paying, you know, 100 150 something like that these days. Uh, six yeah. years ago, Just you can get it. Uh, what was that game convention we went to in Oklahoma? Don't yeah, actually, you know, you bought it at the time. It was, like, super overpriced. Like, the guy had it for, like I think. Or whatever. Yeah. It was, you... it was covered in smoke. It was, had a smoke smell, which pissed me off. I didn't notice until I got home. Right, and it was like all shitty. It looked like actually pretty beat. And I remember you were like, "Hey, I got this," and I was like, "Yeah, good, yeah, good job, man. Uh, you you got fucked. That's like a sixty dollar game, and yours is all like tore the fuck up." <laughs> and you were like, "God damn it!" And like another vendor like down the way actually did have it for like sixty bucks or something. Um, but uh, you'd be hard pressed to find it in that condition for eighty dollars now, and I believe. Titan sent you a replacement case. So you're all good now. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, so. So nothing to complain about there. But yeah, uh, you can still get it for, like, as far as old RPGs, it's still relatively cheap because it did so well for its era. It wasn't like a flop or anything. So, but yeah, just just pirate the fuck out of it. It's a great little game. Uh, It's the first game that, like, actually got me with its twist. Uh, which isn't a twist at all. If you're like an adult, you see it coming from a mile away, but I did not as a kid, and it blew my fucking mind. So, <laughs> yeah. Yep. 
Do you, do we have any emails, Nick? We got like twenty from fucking uh, Blaine. <laughs> no, you didn't. There's like there's like definitely at least six. <laughs> I didn't send six emails. You oh, definitely did. One he sent from a phone number somehow, which is surprising. <laughs> so, yeah, no oh, that, that one that one was me. Yes, uh, I know. So... Retro gamer, and then like BJ. What the fuck? Let me open this shit back up. Like you use the initials for one. I'm like, okay. <laughs> uh, retro gamer is not me. You might ought to read that. I I legitimately don't know who that is. Oh, it's the retro generation with the J. Oh yeah, that, that's that's me. And then Simon Belmont, which is interesting. Uh, yeah, BG BJN, Blaine Nemier, uh, four seven nine five six one. I'm not. Gonna hey, 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 hey. <laughs> so, uh, is this you that was this you pretending to be uh, Doug? And he said, "Can we release the episodes of Travis edited out?" <laughs> no, <laughs> that that's definitely not me. <laughs> Thanks, Doug, probably. <laughs> yeah, that's me too. Uh, <laughs> I get bored while at work. Anyway. <laughs> uh, well, it was uh, it was great having you on for this episode. Even though, yeah, but... uh, like a unplanned thing, I guess. No, it was really cool. It's always good. You know, I'm always available for, uh, you know, boot that Travis guy that apparently is hated by uh, legions. And, uh, yeah, you know, just have me guest and uh, replace him. No, but he, he, he's doing a fine job. I, I just like to dog on him. Uh, but, yeah, uh, you can listen to my stupid-ass show over at uh, the Retro RPG Podcast whenever I decide to do it. Uh, it's called Is It Worth It? We talk about games. Uh, it's pretty fun. You're probably already listening to it because uh, we've been doing this for, like, seven years now, like, shouting each other out, which is fun. And then, uh, yeah, Cujo and I, we do a show called Video Games the Movie that you should probably fucking listen to, where we just recently did uh, A Big Christmas, which was great. Yep. So, that's all I gotta say. If you got other shit, go ahead. Yeah, we just got the stupid shit where we got a Discord, so make sure to click the Discord link. Uh, email us at rpgshow.podcast at gmail.com if you want mm-hmm. to tell us to play the fucking fairy adventure shit. Yeah, it's a great game. Anyone listening, bombard them with messages regarding the fairy tale adventure, the classic RPG for the Sega Genesis and PC. Shit. Uh, We also got Facebook, which I don't monitor. I guess Kujo does occasionally. Um, There's an Amazon affiliate link, so click that if you want to. Uh, Really good to blame the James shout-out. And then uh, that's it. So unless anybody else has anything else to say, uh, until next time, bye, everybody. Bye, everyone. Fairy tale adventure. <laughs>